now, introducing a man who celebrates Thursday every Thursday. He's going to pump the beat up because it's GTL on GCR. Cavs are here. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He is Paul Valley. Much to do on a Thursday edition of the program before we make way for the inaugural edition of Weekend at Bookies, which is coming up this this morning, 11.40 a.m., We'll be doing that. Our uh, buddy Andrew Stetka will have his stats and figures, and we'll get the fine lines with uh, our buddy Brad Feinberg as well. So that's all coming up a bit later on this a.m. It's all brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Simply the bets every other Thursday morning at 11.40. No, sorry, that's Weekend at Bookies. Simply the bets is every Tuesday morning at 11.40 a.m. Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday morning at 11.40 a.m. I've got it all figured out, I promise. Sure, I got it. Don't worry about me. It's more than Major League Baseball can say. That's a good point. That is a very good point, Paul. Uh, Coming up in just a few minutes, Chance Campbell's going to join us. Of course, um, Ole Miss linebacker, but before that, he was at Maryland for a few years. and Before that, he was at Calvert Hall. He's an Ellicott City native, and uh, he had a very nice performance out at the Combine over the weekend. He's going to hear his name called during the course of the NFL draft. We will catch up with Chance Campbell. Also this morning, Kevin Brown is going to join us. Hi, Josh Soroka. What's going on, pal? Good to hear from you. Um, hi, Josh Soroka, I saw you getting married. That's awesome. Congratulations, buddy. So we will check, catch up with Kevin Brown. Of course, uh, we've gotten to know Kevin the last few years doing radio and some TV. And now he's going to be transitioning into being the primary TV play-by-play voice for the Orioles on Masson if they ever get around to playing again. Uh, but we'll talk to Kevin about uh, his new gig. Also this morning, our buddy Rodney Elliott's going to check in, former Terps and Dunbar star and the man they call Noodles. Now he's going to be joining me this Sunday, speaking of the FanDuel Sportsbook. We'll be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel from 3 to 7 on Sunday for the Big Ten title game and for the selection special. We'll have great giveaways, be offering advice for how you can win some money using their currently 51 24-7 self-service kiosks, soon to be 63 24-7 self-service kiosks. We will uh, chat with Rodney Elliott about that, about the Maryland search, about uh, all things college hoops coming up a little bit later on as well. And then um, I'm going to spend some time in the 11 a.m. hour. I haven't really spent any time talking about anything the Ravens have done yet this week. Of course, we know Alejandro Villanueva. He's retiring, probably for the best. Tavon Young has been cut. I guess there's a possibility he could end up back with the Ravens at a lesser number, but we'll see how that plays out. Will they go after Bobby Wagner? Will they go after, you know, Trent Brown was the newest name that was thrown at me. Sure, maybe. I mean, I get it. What the Ravens do is they sign players that are cut by other teams. So anytime a player is cut by another team, I could certainly understand why it is that you would talk about the idea of them becoming a Baltimore Raven. I can completely get that. So we'll deal with that later on in the program. Uh, bummer for Navy last night as local teams still coming up just a bit short in their conference tournaments. Navy reached the championship game and had a stirring comeback in the second half, turned a 19-point game into a two-possession game. Unfortunately, that's where it ended, and Colgate uh, was able to uh, hold out and get a victory in the Patriot League title game. So 
Uh, Navy comes up just one game short of the NCAA tournament, which is a bummer. Hell of an effort. Really a hell of an effort in the second half to get back into the game on the road in front of a, a wild atmosphere at Colgate, but ultimately not quite enough. The good news was elsewhere in local hoops is not only did UNBC win the America East semifinals last night, so now they will be in the championship game on Saturday. Of course, the bad news is they've got to go to Vermont, and Vermont is overwhelming. I mean, Vermont is by far the best team in the America East, and that is a brutally difficult place to play. Of course, we all remember that UMBC was able to do it four years ago, going up on the road and beating a very difficult Vermont team. Could they replicate it? Uh, who knows? Who knows? I, I wouldn't, you know, if I'm a betting man, probably wouldn't be betting on it. But, you know, it's one basketball game, and you just never know what's going to happen. So we'll see how that plays out. And then also locally last night, uh, Coppin State advances in the MEAC tournament, pulling off a bit of an upset, knocking off the two-seed in the MEAC tournament. Howard uh, with, uh, once again, at the buzzer, Nenda Tark hitting the game-winning shot as time expires. It's like his fourth buzzer, buzzer beater this season. So they advance to Friday and uh, the semifinals. They will await. They also get the advantage of a day of rest ahead of that because they tr the MEAC tries to stack it so that the higher seeds get that advantage. But because they knocked off the two seed, they get to take that advantage for themselves. And they'll be playing in the semifinals on Friday. So that gets you caught up in what's going on in the world of local hoops. Now, um, this man, uh, getting ready for the NFL draft, had a great weekend out at the Combine, was turning heads. He played collegiately at Maryland before he ended up at Old Miss, and if you go back even further than that, he's one of ours. He's, he's from here. He's a Calvert Hall alum. He was a, a kid that grew up in this area, and you never know. Maybe, maybe he ends up back here with the Baltimore Ravens. It's a pleasure to welcome back into the program Chance Campbell, who joins us now here on GCR. Chance, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Hey, uh, give me in the sense, the experience. I'm sure you uh, talk to tons of people and you try to imagine what it would be like. But being out there in Indianapolis and being able to show off your skills and performing really, really well in the process, um, take me through what it was like and, and how it lived up to like what you imagined the Combine experience was going to be like. Yeah, it's a really neat experience, and it's cool because I've been watching it since I was little. Um, so you kind of formulate these ideas of what it'll be like. And then that some things are similar, some things are different, but it's cool to get out there and kind of sort all that out for yourself as you're going through it. It's kind of it's a little bit surreal, but it's definitely a fun experience and definitely some cool memories I had tucked away. Was there anybody in particular that like you got to meet or you got advice from or anything like that that stood out to you or just something that you, know, you didn't expect from that trip that ended up kind of being a highlight from, for you? Yeah, I think um, there's kind of a collective message from a lot of guys who had been there and been at the Combine uh, many years, and it was that you only get to do this once. And so you kind of look at it as this big interview, and there's a lot of stress, and, you know, you have some nerves and maybe a little bit of anxiety. But, you know, you, you hopefully get to play a lot of football games, and but you only really get to do the Combine once. And it is a wow. pretty neat experience. So to try to step back and, and take some of that in and enjoy it as it comes. So, uh Advice that I had that I really liked. I would assume that you're feeling pretty good about the work that you did out there. Yeah, no, I think it's it's good to put some of those things down. I think um, I, I think people might not have thought that I was very athletic, so I think it's good to 
get some of those numbers down and kind of work to keep putting some good ones down as my pro day comes up. So I, I saw that you were doing something that was pretty cool in relation to your trip to the Combine and trying to raise some money. Uh, I don't know if it's something that people could still help out with, but can you tell me a little bit about what this was that you were doing for rare diseases? Yeah, so it's part of uh, this group, Uplifting Athletes, and then, so it's this, uh, this thing they do every year called Reps for Rare Diseases, which is really neat. So you just kind of take one aspect of your combine or your pro day, so you take a bench, a vert, or a, uh, or a broad jump, and then you get some, you send it out there and hopefully get some people to donate, and they can either donate a set amount, like fixed amount, or per inches or per reps for um, for your bench, and then hopefully just raise some money for a pretty neat cause. It looks like you raised $9,000, man. That's a pretty significant number. <laughs> yeah, I was really I was really pumped about that. I was happy with, with the weekend, but that was a number I was really I was really happy with because I had some people reach out to me and share some stories that I, that I would have never known, and you know, it makes you happy when you can you can help other people. That's awesome, man. Can people still donate if we if we retweet this link? Can people still get in post? You know, now knowing exactly what it is that you did, can they still donate that way? I believe so. I'll reach out, and even if they can't, they can reopen the link. So I'm okay. I'm, I'm certain that even if that one's not active, um, that it'll take you to another one. But All I'm right. pretty sure that you can. All right. Well, we will right now. We'll retweet it for people to go find out more about uh, what Chance did and what uplifting up, uplifting athletes is all about. But that's awesome, Thank man. You. Good good on you for doing something like that, bro. I appreciate it. You can only imagine all the stress that you got going on. <laughs> you said this once in a lifetime event. You're like, yeah, but while I'm at, it, I'm just gonna try to do something for somebody else. That's incredible. That's a really incredible <laughs> thing for you to be doing. Well, um, it's cool. I mean, like you kind of you realize. I don't know. It's you can be stressed, or this is like a big thing, but there are people out there fighting harder battles. I, so it kind of puts things in perspective. That, as much as that helped out, I hope it helps out other people. It definitely helped me out a lot. Incredibly well said. Of- Incredibly well said, man. Hey, hey Chance, um, the experience that you got, uh, you know, in, in going down to Ole Miss for a little bit and wrapping up your collegiate career there, can can you give me an idea of what that has, has done for you from where you were when you were here to now – to have you, you know, better prepared, more prepared, however you can say it, for getting ready for your NFL career. Yeah, I think it was it was a really good kind of test run. I think Ole Miss was fantastic for me. Um, had amazing time there playing football, getting to meet some really cool people. But the the actual dynamic of the transfer is uh, something I think it's similar and helps set me up well for going to the next next level. I'd, I lived in Maryland my entire life, so going away to a new town, kind of living off by yourself and being around new people and having to kind of reestablish yourself, that, those are all things that I'm going to have to do at the next level. So I got I got a pretty good test run, and I think that set me up pretty well. The, the level of competition, I imagine, was probably pretty helpful too, right? It's... Yeah, no doubt. And I think it's funny because I'm still from – I'm still like a, a Maryland guy, and I think, uh, think a lot about the Big Ten. So the, the Big Ten SEC comparison, I mean – there's some there's some definite dif- differences, but I mean those are two really really good conferences. So there were some changes, but it wasn't it wasn't crazy. There's there's definitely some stuff there, but nothing to start. I, I guess for like the bulk of your career now, like I mean, if you're talking to an NFL team about getting ready for the next level. I mean, what more could you have possibly done? You played you played everywhere, right? You've had to play Michigan and Ohio State and you know Alabama. Like you played, my God, how could you not be ready for whatever the next <laughs> level is at this point? <laughs> Yeah, that's a fun thing to share because I, mean, I played in some pretty hostile environments. We had the, just like you said, Penn State, 107. You go to the shoe, go to the big house, but then 
played at Ole Miss this year where we kind of had some a funny fiasco there at Tennessee. So Oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's crazy stuff that I think sets, sets you up well because, you know, that takes some of the environmental pressure out because you're kind of used to it. Can I ask, did anybody attempt to keep the mustard bottle as, like, a souvenir from that night? Like, did anybody at all <laughs> attempt to grab that and say, this is kind of a part of college football history. I might want to have that. <laughs> I'm sure someone did. I know people definitely held on to the joke for a while. There was a lot of there was a lot of mustard bottles that got sent to the Manning Center, like our facility at <laughs> Ole Miss. So that, was, that was pretty funny. I mean, you know, I guess if you're making like a, a Cuban sandwich, it's nice to have a little extra mustard lying around at some point. Not a bad deal. <laughs> oh, that was a wild night, man. What a weird, weird scenario that was. Chance Campbell is with us here on GCR. Chance, how did your game grow, you know, over, over this last year, getting away from Maryland? What What is it that maybe, um, you know, the, the player that – and by the way, we already knew you as a really well, you know, all-around all type of linebacker. But how do you think your game specifically might have grown even another level beyond that over the course of the last season? Yeah, I think that my understanding of offenses and kind of how to structure a defense to, to keep an offense from attacking you, I think that grew a lot. It was my fourth – my fourth defensive system going to Ole Miss. So I have, you know, I thought I had seen it all. And then we played this kind of a crazy front. It was three, two, six, where we have, you know, wide defensive ends. You're pretty open in the box. So came from my junior season where I was pretty heavily protected with four down linemen. You know, you kind of scrape freely to where you really have to deal with a lot of blockers and a lot of, a lot mm. of confusion, a lot of garbage there in the box. So I think it's become more of a well-versed backer. You can play in a variety of different situations. And then I think, you know, from a leadership standpoint, I got there in Ole Miss in, in June. Um, and, you know, when you're when you're the mic and you're kind of calling the defense and you're, you're running the show a little bit, you got to earn the respect of the guys there. So kind of learn how to do that on, like in short order. No, I think a, that's something that will serve me well. No doubt. I think that's huge. Do you? I know the answer is whatever it is that a team asks me to do, but do you think that there is an ideal way for you to be used at the next level? Do you feel like – you've settled in this is my biggest strength is definitely this and and I hope that's how a team chooses to use me at the next level yeah I think kind of what you said is probably the answer I'm going to give which is like the not the fun one but I really do think that I can I can mold my game to to serve whatever a team needs I think that I have things right now um that I can bring I think I can run sideline to sideline I can make plays behind the line of scrimmage so like being in the center of a defense where I can you know, where I'm free to get to that ball and where I can kind of be a field general and set things. I think that's something that I, right now I'd be ready to do, and I'm excited and I think I could do well. But I also think that I've learned a lot about myself as a player. I had to go to Ole Miss and do things that I didn't think that, you know, I wouldn't have said were strengths initially, but I think they ended up being strengths. I think that whatever a team is going to ask me to do, I'm confident I'll be able to figure it out and do it at a high level. You have been through an awful lot, right, during your time. You know, we, we, we go through, obviously, when you arrived at Maryland, there was there was tragedy and then there was drama and, you know, go different coaches, you end up transferring and ending up a different place. How did all of these things, everything that you've experienced, how much do you think that has sharpened you for being ready to make this jump to the NFL? Yeah, I think it's been, I mean, it's been difficult, no doubt, but I think it definitely helped me help set me up because the, the turmoil and some of the, the changing moving parts that I've experienced here, you know, from my limited my limited view and experience of the NFL, is I think it's fairly similar. I think we saw some craziness shake up yesterday and, 
you know, there's a bit of a coaching carousel in the NFL as well. So, yeah. you know, being being ready to handle anything at, at any moment, I think is important. And I definitely had some practice at it and I've, I've gotten better. You know, I didn't handle it as well when I was younger than I did as I got older. And, you know, there was a, there was some growth there, but I think I'm set me up well to understand that those are things that happen and how to best respond. Do you, do you still find yourself representing Maryland? I guess, I guess this is a chance. What's the relationship like with you and Maryland? I know this is, you know, I, I talked to, to Mike Loxley about this a few times and like, th- this is part of the sport now. Like this is the way that it works. Are, are there, are there hard feelings? Is it still a special, you graduated from Maryland. Do you find yourself saying, Hey, I'm a Maryland guy as much as I am an Ole Miss guy. Yeah, no, never hard feelings. I think I, the university gave me a ton, and I hope that I gave them some. Um, like you said, I graduated. I lived my whole life in Maryland, so Maryland's definitely a part of me. But I also found a home in Ole Miss. Yep. I think I couldn't have expect, I couldn't have wished that I got treated any better there. Um, that was really like a dream experience. So it's cool to kind of be able to call two places home. I think that's pretty neat and and rare. Have you imagined at all? Like, do you allow your mind? I get it. You're going to be excited where, wherever it ends up being. You're about to become an NFL player. That matters. But have you allowed your mind to, like, wander into the idea of you being able to come back this way? And, you know, obviously I know there's a team down in Washington, but, of course, we're more interested in the one up here. And I don't know if you've heard, they've had some pretty good linebackers up here over the years. Um, do you allow your mind to wander and think about that at all? I try I try not to because, inevitably, when I do that, it starts to wobble into the, well, where else might work? Or, right. You know, who sees me here? And I think – one thing that I found and kind of we talked about with so much change and, and you know, turmoil and, and things like that happening is the more that you can control kind of where your feet are, you know, the happier you'll be. So when you start to kind of wish for too many things, like, yeah, that would be a dream. If I could be, you know, at home, that's cool, but it'll be a dream if I could go anywhere. And play of course. In the league, Cause that's, that's my biggest dream of all. So of I course. just try, try to kind of focus on what I can control and, Generally, that works out for me. I think you still uh, have you gotten over the fact that uh, Loyola ripped one away from Calvert Hall on Thanksgiving at the end of the game yet? Have you uh, have you <laughs> forgiven those guys yet? It's... No, not at all. I saw <laughs> that when I was, when I was trying to like I was trying to get the game because I was obviously down in Mississippi. Um, I was in the ho- we were in the hotel because we we played on Thanksgiving too, and I yep. was, I was watching it and I couldn't get the the live game, but I could get some updates. So I was like, no way! Like, yeah, I was them go score for score. So. But I think those guys, Calvert Hall, won an MIAA championship, so they definitely brought home some good hardware, and I'm sure they'll get it right next year. I have no doubt that that's true. Uh, Chance Campbell, man, we're so excited for you. It was so incredible to watch, you know, what it is that you're able to do. And, you know, by the way, and we're still counting you as a Maryland guy. Let's make that abundantly clear, right? Because, like, Nick and Chig also had huge weekends. We were like, dude, all the Maryland guys killed it at the combine. (laughs) So uh, we're counting you forever. Um, social media, where can uh, uh, folks around here be giving you a follow on social media, Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? It's... Yeah, Twitter and Instagram are, are both the same. It's just CCAM42. CCAM42 is how you give them a follow. Is w- would, it, would it be awkward for anybody in your family? Like, are, are, are your family diehard Ravens fans? Or, or, I don't, you know, Ellicott City is always tough. There might be some Washington fans in that. Were, your, were, your, were anybody in your family be, like, particularly troubled by you putting on, like, a Steelers jersey if it ends up working out that way? Uh, probably my sister. We were we were big Ravens fans when we were little. Okay. I watched a lot more NFL when I was younger, like more college as I got older, but my sister still loves watching all the games, and she still wears 
you know, Purple Friday and does the whole deal there. So, so that might be tricky to, for her. Yeah. yeah. That one. Right? Like, hey, you can come to the games, but you can't wear a Lamar Jackson jersey. It's just not going to work that way. You have yeah, to. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> yeah, right. That would be the way it would have to go. Uh, Chance, man, uh, best of luck to you. We we can't wait. We'd love to catch up again as we get towards the draft. Uh, congratulations on everything that you've accomplished to this point in your career, man, and can't wait to see what's next. Of course, please, if it does end up be pit- being Pittsburgh, don't be offended by anything we say about you on Twitter. We promise we don't actually mean it, all right? Like it's Don't take it personally, okay? <laughs> no worries there. Thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it, Chance. Chance Campbell, uh, former uh, Maryland and Calvert Hall linebacker, of course, who finished up his career at Ole Miss, uh, joining us here on GCR. Appreciate him taking the time for us. Chance Campbell checking in with us here on the show. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Appreciate Chance Campbell taking a couple of minutes for us this morning here on GCR. Um, I'm going to get into some of your uh, – Paul and Ovilando brought up uh, Trent Brown. I think I cut Jawan James to bring in one of these offensive tackles, seeing as how they don't affect comp pick for Emila. I, I hear you. You know, the answer the, – the response back would be – why did you sign Jawan James? I mean, you knew he wasn't going to play last year. If you weren't holding out for this year, I mean, that would be the response back. Um, you know, where are you with him? Do you feel like he's capable, ready to play? Those are all questions that I, I just don't know enough about in order to, to have a level of confidence in. But I guess my answer would be, Sure, you can't really have, given the question of Ronnie Stanley at the moment, you can't really have too much help offensive line-wise. It's just a question of numbers. Do you have the numbers? You know, Paul's point, does cutting Jawan James, would that be necessary in order to sign a player like this and still do whatever else that you're looking to do in in free agency? Possible. Possible. I, I don't feel... I just It's such an unknown when it comes to Juwan James. It's such a wild unknown as to what you have. Guy was a heck of a player at one point. Can he be today? I don't know. But you took the risk on him. You paid him. You held him around. They, they certainly should have a better feeling of where he is at this moment and whether or not he could help next season. All right. Um, this guy has uh, been helping for a few seasons here in Baltimore as we've gotten to really enjoy him and his roles both on radio and TV and calling Orioles games. And now he's making a bit of a transition as this season he is going to be, I guess, provided there is a season, knock on wood, he's going to be the new primary TV play-by-play voice on Masson for the Baltimore Orioles. He is Orioles play-by-play voice Kevin Brown, and he's with us now here on GCR. Kevin, it's Glenn and Paul. It's great to catch up. Thank you for taking the time for us, and congratulations, man, on the new gig. Hey, good morning, guys, and thank you so much. Kevin, you arrived here a few years ago, right? Did you know then that Baltimore was a place that you were going to want to be for a while, 
Or were you thinking more like, hey, it's it's a good job right now. You know, I, I, I need a good job and, and keep moving up. What was your thought process when you got this gig a couple years back? I, I'm a very in the moment, mm-hmm. one day at a time, coach speak cliche person. Sure. So honestly, it was more of the latter. Um, my... My my wife and I have a great marriage because I'm the one that will say, what are we doing for lunch in an hour? And she's the one that will say, what are we doing for our kids' Christmas in five years? And I'll say, we don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll say, I know, but you need to be prepared. Yeah, be ready, right. Yeah, think and it I'll out. I'll say, you're right. But right. also, would you like turkey or chicken for lunch? <laughs> so... Yeah, genuinely, the job came up in 2019, um, and I, I was really happy to just be doing Major League Baseball and to be doing it in a place that was close to my home at the time and to be doing it for a team that had such an amazing legacy of people in the broadcast booth, honestly. Um, you know, like, you, you take these jobs, and obviously you hope they're going to turn into things, but, but I, I didn't know, and I didn't presumed to know um what was going to happen and i mean it's a thrill it's gone i don't want to say but as well as it can go because we had a pandemic in the middle right right (laughs) so like you know that's been hard but but professionally speaking yeah i i i mean i'm just thrilled i'm i didn't know it was going to end up here necessarily three years ago um when i got the job i was like great i get to call major league baseball Whatever happens from there, sure, right. If it, if it, we'll see, we'll it, see. If it's the Astros next year, all good, right? Like, yeah, exactly. you just want to keep doing that. I understand. That's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, we had you on the bat around about a year or so ago, and we were asking if there were plans for you to become a full-time broadcaster, and you said that you would prefer to just do a part-time and still working work on your uh, basketball broadcasting. What changed in that time span? Um, well, actually, nothing because I'm still with ESPN. Um, so I, I am, I, I guess what's changed is my, my Orioles package is going up. Obviously it, it, in a full season, I would have done about 40 more games this year. Um, you know, to be honest with you, it is a lot of work and it's a lot of games and in a year where there's not a lockout, it's going to be about 200, maybe more 205 events a year. That that's kind of crazy when mm-hmm. you factor in travel. Um, at the same time, a lot of people have jobs that are way, way harder than this. And so my perspective on this is like, oh, poor me. I have to travel a lot to call mm. for to get back. Real I, tough life. I, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And look, I, you know, I don't want to be away from home all the time. I, I do want to have a, a life, obviously. Like, we don't, my wife and I don't have kids at the moment, so I can do it. Um, and I'm fortunate in that respect. But, I don't think I want to do 200 events a year forever, but when you have the opportunity to keep doing high-level work at ESPN and to be a TV voice of a team, I just is a no-brainer. The Orioles have treated me really well. They've been flexible with some ESPN stuff. I'm still going to be doing the softball World Series and postseason cool. this year, which is really important to me. And ESPN has been flexible with Orioles stuff. So, um again, I'm one day at a time here. What is it going to look like in two years? Am I still going to be doing 75 events at ESPN? I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe. Maybe not. But at the moment, it felt like this was something we could do for now to do all this. And the chance to to do all this was was really, really special. And, you know, look, if there's not a 
baseball season until May. I, I hope that's not the case, but if there's not, um, you know, I'm happy. I'm still with ESPN. I'm getting ready for a basketball game in a, in a few hours here. Like I, I'm keeping busy, and that's great. And ultimately, I, while I say I don't want to work this much necessarily, like I, I also kind of do. <laughs> I do kind of love working this much. I, I call it, you know, I, and not at your level, but I do a ton of play by play around here, Kevin. And I and, and I talk about it. You know, this is the time of year where there's like lacrosse and basketball still, and all this going on. And somebody will say, "Well, you're working, you know, five games in three days," and I'll be like, "Yeah, it's it's." I, I'm not really working, guys. <laughs> like, come for on, sure. man. Sure. Like, I'm calling a basketball game for Christ's sakes. Like, it's yeah. Like, trust me, it's it's it is real work, and I, I don't like to be in. I don't want to try to disrespect our profession, but like, you know, I'm not digging ditches. <laughs> like, I I think no, we can have I, context. I try to keep that perspective. I mean, it, it is, you know, it, it becomes hard personally when there's travel and then yeah. there's the catch 22 of well now you're not traveling as much because people are doing stuff remotely yep. and like pro- professionally that that sucks oh 100 <laughs> percent you know so so it, it, there is a catch 22 there i suppose but at the same time um you know i i, I you can't turn this opportunity down it would be crazy to do that and uh i am not that crazy though i i am crazy i'm not that crazy he is kevin brown he's with us here on gcr he is the new primary tv play-by-play voice for the baltimore orioles kevin was there a point you know in in these last couple years where it started to feel more like this was kind of home for you is there is there a moment that like clicked in where it became less of just the job that you have and more of you know, a part of who you are and a foundation for your life? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say last year. Last year would, would have been the one. The first year I did about 55 games or so, maybe 50 games in 2019. And that was the thrill to be calling Major League Baseball, but still feel like a part-timer year. Mm-hmm. 2020 was the pandemic year. So I, mean, weird. I was yeah. like, I didn't, you know, I came down for games and I wasn't even going to hotels. I just rented Airbnbs because I just didn't want to be around anybody and I didn't want to bring COVID to the ballpark. You know what I mean? Um, so, so that was kind of a wash. And then last year, finally, my wife and I rented a place in, uh, in the summer. We rented an apartment down in Locust Point and, we would still go back and forth to New York and we just moved a couple of weeks ago down here full time, but we would, um, we would go back and forth for games, but I was here for 90 games last year. So we got to explore Locust Point, get to know Fells Point, Fed Hill and Canton and the city a little bit. We haven't really done the suburbs that much. We kind of want to branch out, but started in the city first, but going to the farmer's market, going to the Senator theater, finding new places to eat and, having a couple of people come visit us at times. Um, that was the summer where it started to, to feel more like home and still a little bit more COVID in the world than we would have liked last year. But yeah, I would say last year, actually deciding to get a place that was just our own for the summer and not having to come down and stay at different hotels and Airbnbs um, and having her with me. I mean, I, my wife and I started dating in 2014. I was doing minor league baseball and she would, travel up like once or twice a month during the minor league season. And then we were together in the off seasons, but we had never actually spent a full baseball season together. So to have her down there, to have my dog down there last year, um, and then to get to know the city 
that that was really the summer where it clicked and um maybe i wouldn't be as comfortable you know if i i had just stayed at hotels last year but wow. i'm really glad we did that wow and, and i saw on twitter you said you've you've moved down here now and and, and take mm-hmm. me through how important was that to you knowing you know that this is a relationship, right? And I try to explain that to people. You welcome broadcasters into your home every night for the entirety of the summer. There's, there's nothing. Whether you want us or not. Correct. Yeah, there's no security system. But, 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 Kevin, you know what I'm talking about. It's a little bit different than being a basketball play-by-play guy. or that You're spending so many nights with this person being a part of your life. Sure. It's a unique relationship. Was it important for you as you move into that role that you were here and that people could have more of a touch for you and you could be more a part of the community in that way. Uh, yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I, I want to meet people again, you know, like I want to yeah. be out in the world again and not just uh, us hiding in our homes because of, of COVID, which I'm, I'm obviously we needed to do, but yeah, I, I want to be down here and actually be a part of the community. I, I don't want to feel like just a fly by night guy who comes in and does some games. You know what I mean? And and that's why it was important to get a place and to feel like, all right, now we're going to establish ourselves here. Now we're going to actually be a part of this. And I, I hope I can get out and do some things in the community and not just be going back and forth to games. I like to get to be here in an off season. Right. Um, and that's a really exciting proposition. No, I think it's I think it's incredible. I think it's a really incredible thing for you to do to say I'm I, this is my home now, um, and I want to be a part of it. And I give you a lot of credit for that. Kevin Brown is with us here on GCR. Kevin, you referenced you know the the sort of legacy of great broadcasters with the Orioles, mm-hmm. and, and whether that's you know all the way back to Chuck or John Miller, Joe and Fred and Gary Thorne more recently. When you got here, did you? Did you want to like attempt to emulate anyone? Did you did you emulate any of those guys beforehand? Did you purposely try not to do something like this? How did you attack this role, knowing what a legacy there has been of guys who have called games in this city? Um, I don't really ever try to to consciously be somebody else. I think subconsciously, I I probably take stuff. Um, I will hear myself make a call sometimes and I'll go, Oh, that's Ian Eagle. Mm, or, mm. Oh, that's, that's Joe Buck. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but again, this is my head down one day at a time. deal. like, I don't go into the booth and go, all right, this is Joe Angel's booth or all right, this is Gary Thorne's booth. I get it. There have been a lot of incredible people here, but I, I don't, I don't really think about that. I don't walk into the booth and go, Ooh, the ghosts of, broadcaster's passer in here. <laughs> no, I just walk in and say, all right, I'm here to call a game. Yeah, sure. Um, and and I, I'm confident that I know how to call a game. And I think if you try to emulate that person, you will fail. Now, maybe some people are upset that I'm not Gary Thorne. That's fine. Gary Thorne's a legend. Right. And they're allowed to be upset. Um, I hope and I genuinely believe that whether it's in the next month, in the next year, in the next three years, in the next eight years, in the next 20 years, whatever it is, like people someday will say, wow, Kevin Brown had a different style than Gary Thorne, uh, but we still really loved his broadcasts. And hopefully people can 
say, all right, he's our guy and feel comfortable identifying with me as the guy. If they can't right now, that's fine. I, I haven't done it yet. And I haven't been here for that long. I've sure. still been kind of a part-timer, but I don't know. I'm, I'm very com- comfortable and confident without making it sound cocky that I know how to do the job. I'm around people, more importantly, that really know how to do the job and Jim and Ben and our production crew. And I, I think my style will work. By the way, I, I'm still figuring my style out. I, I, I have been doing this for a long time, but in the grand scheme of the universe, still not that long. I'm still learning things every day. Sure. So as long as people have a little bit of patience, like I'm really confident people are going to enjoy the broadcast, whether it's cribbed from a certain person or not. I, I But I can't come in here and say, I'm just going to do John Miller. Right. Um, because that would be wrong. And I hope that people would not come in after me and say, I'm just going to do Kevin Brown, because that would be wrong. We've all got our stuff. There, there's two things that you said to jump in there. One, by the way, it, it does not suck to spend three hours hanging out talking baseball with Ben McDonald or Jim Palmer. Like You, no, you certainly not. have been blessed when it comes to analysts in that way. Me? Come on. My God. And then the, the other thing that jumps out at me is, like, it's so funny that you bring up Ian, who's a friend to all of us in this business. My God, is there a, a kinder human being than Ian Eagle? Um, no. nor, nor funnier, by the way. Correct. 100% hit rate. And, and I can't help it. Like, I, I, and I, I think every third time I probably give him credit. Whenever a, a basketball gets stuck between a backboard and a rim, I, I don't know how you can do anything other than refer to it as a wedgie. Like, I just don't know. That's right. You, you have to do it. He has created something that the rest of us have no choice. And we, we have to acknowledge it's it's his and... He was one, but there's just no possible better way to describe that phenomenon than the term that, that he came up with in order to say it. So I just have to acknowledge that I'm biting from Iron Eagle when I do it, but that that mm-hmm. is a wedgie. It's like an air ball is an air ball. That's a wedgie. That's what it is. There's nothing we can do about that. It's... Nothing at all. Nothing at all. And I can't wait for a potential squeeze in a couple of weeks so we can hear Ian go, oh, a March wedgie. Yes. It's the best kind of wedgie. Oh, it's my favorite. It is my favorite. There is no question about that. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely just stolen stuff. I I have certain calls where the intonation, um, you know, there are just Ian phrases that are in my head. And I'll call it and I'll say, all right, that was Ian. And yep. then and then you move on because I don't want to just do two hours of Ian. Sure. It can get thrown in there. Sure. Mike Breen can get thrown in there. Right. Jason Betty can get thrown in there. But it can't it can't be that for two hours. Yeah. I, I, there are probably some people that think I do Joe Buck for three hours straight. And honestly, I, I, don't, I love Joe Buck, but I don't intend to do anybody for three hours straight. And I think uh, – I think as it goes on, people will say, okay, he's his own person. He's got his different style. He takes this, he takes that, and and that'll be that. Maybe I'll get my wedgie someday. Who knows? I hope I hope, that's, I hope there is something. You know, and with that in mind, obviously, and Kevin, you, of course, you know, it's got, it was such a wonderful thing, the comment the King, you best not miss call. We saw the, the, <laughs> like the Ravens keep their tribute going all year long. Have you thought about that at all? Have you thought about bringing that back at some point? Or was it just too good in that moment that you kind of want to let it like live there, that it was the right thing to do that night, and, and that's all that it ever needs to be? I, I think it was the right thing to do that night. I think that's all it will ever be. Yeah. I, I, I adore The Wire. I think it might be the greatest work of narrative fiction of my lifetime, and that's television or radio or film or literature uh i'm i'm not just saying that as a baltimore resident i'm i don't know how you can watch that show and that's yeah, perfect feel similarly yes. and um 
it's just one of those things that came to me during the day. Hey, wouldn't it be cool to, if there was an appropriate moment, to have a little loving shout out to to Michael K. Uh, not Michael K. the Yankees broadcaster, right? So Michael sure K. Williams, of course. Yeah, <laughs> Michael K. Williams. Yeah, um, it just—it was right in the moment. I, I'm generally not a, a sticky guy. Um, I'm sure I'll have my stuff. I'm sure there will be some calls that that come back, but no, I, I don't. I don't think that's one I, I want to bring back. I, I think that landed in a good place. It did, and I think uh, I think we can. Just leave it right there. It, it landed in a really good place. It, it it touched a lot of people. It was really well done, my friend. It was it was Thank a you. very. It, it, I think in a lot of ways. I mean, I I think maybe it, it, it further ingratiated you in this community. Um, the way that you touched in that moment. And I think By the way, really sometimes good. sometimes you get lucky too. You know, and this this job is a lot of luck and good fortune. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Mountcastle didn't was it? It wasn't a guarantee he was going to clobber a ball that night, right? Yeah, well, yeah if the Orioles <laughs> lose. Eight nothing that night. Yeah, and you know if they don't have a significant hit for the next couple of days, like four days after Michael K. Williams passed away, I'm probably not going to throw that call out there. Of course, <laughs> the moment yeah, in which it had to live. I think there had been a home run earlier in the day too, and I didn't use it there. So yeah, sometimes you just get lucky with this stuff, I, I, it, it really had to be a no doubter right like it really had to be one that off the bat you knew that's had a, to be exactly it, it just doesn't work if it's a ball that happens to carry out and you don't know if it's going to be a, a a shallow fly ball you know like had to be. you come at the king you best not miss a 319 <laughs> foot home out. run off the top of the wall <laughs> right. not, not gonna work just not no. gonna work as a call uh, Kevin, really happy for you, man. Um, you know, really have been very impressed by the work that you've done since you arrived here in town and, and the way that you've lived up to that standard and that legacy that exists for broadcasters with this baseball team. Hopefully, it is not too long before we actually get to hear you Hopefully. call some baseball games. But I get it. Hopefully. That's beyond your control. At uh, Kevin N. Brown on Twitter is how you follow him. And what's your, what's your basketball game? What are you, what are you doing this week? Uh, I am in Fort Worth all week. I'll be working on the American Conference Tournament. Houston is the one seed, SMU, Memphis. Uh, SMU's very bubbly right now. Memphis is the hottest team yep. in the league, one of the hottest teams in America. And then today we've got Cincinnati, East Carolina at 1, and Tulsa, Wichita State at 3.30. And then I'll have the first two quarterfinals tomorrow and then the semis Saturday and then the championship game Sunday. Awesome. Uh, this is my favorite time of the year. Conference tournaments into March Madness. That's awesome, it's man. The, it's the best. So I'm excited to uh, to sink my teeth into that and hang out in Texas and hopefully see some great basketball all week. Enjoy some barbecue, Kevin. Appreciate you taking mm-hmm. the time for us this morning. Let's do it again real soon. And congratulations again on becoming Thank the full-time guy. Very much appreciated. Thank you for all the kind words. It It, it is very meaningful. Kevin, thank you, sir. Kevin Brown, uh, Orioles TV play-by-play voice, moving into the full-time role. And look, you know, Kevin's been outstanding since he arrived. We'll just keep rolling right through. We'll we'll get to the breaks when we get to him. We'll just we'll we'll roll on. Um, we can just keep. We can call Rod. And, oh, you need his number? That's fine. I can give you his number. Um, uh, look, Kevin's done an outstanding job. He's just done an outstanding job. There is no nothing like that. I, I don't have to qualify it in any way. He's been excellent. He has been very, very good at this. Oh, he he he's phenomenal. Um, the call on the Cedric Mullins home run. 
or seven Cedric Mullins home run robbery back in September was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Just the energy he brought to it. No, he's been he's been outstanding. So uh, happy that he will be uh, moving into that role. And you know, as he pointed out, it's been difficult calling games remotely where he's had to do it. Hopefully. That will be changing again, and uh, he will be in person uh, on the road in the years to come. We will see how that all plays out. All right. Today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The St. Patrick's menu is available at Glory Days Grill. It includes the boneless or the smoky thigh wings. Sorry, the smoky thigh wings, which are perfection. And for the month of March, they're doing them in a Guinness grilling sauce. Plus, they got the Reuben. They got the Rachel. They've got all of the things that you love and crave around St. Patty's Day. Corned beef and cabbage, shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef. It's all available at Glory Days Grill. Get your order in right now, glorydaysgrill.com, and take advantage of that delicious St. Patrick's Day menu. From Ryan, Ryan says, uh, Glenn, I have really enjoyed Kevin Brown. Does this mean that Scott is no longer involved? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think so. I'm going to guess that Scott will do... Uh, he's, he's moved to radio. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's going to be... So Jeff is... I, I did see... Jeff is the primary radio guy. Scott will be doing games with Jeff on radio. Yeah. You know, that's a... A lot of people have been critical of Scott. I've tried pointing out a million times, it is very difficult to do games off a TV monitor. And particularly, I think... For someone who hasn't done a ton of games off a TV monitor, it's very difficult to do it. But I've been defensive of Scott over the last couple of years. Um, he's Scott Garceau. You know, if, if, if he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt a little bit in this community, I don't know who does, frankly. Like, I, I think that we can give him a pass. And I don't think it's been as bad as some of you have made it out to be. I, I get it. I, I'm not stupid. I've seen the same things that you've seen. I've seen some of the struggles that he's had, but... You know, come on, man. This is Scott Garceau that we're talking about, and I'm, I, I have absolutely am fine with him continuing to work in that capacity. And you know, even in a full time job, there'll still be games that Kevin will miss, and they've got a crew. Brett's obviously still a part of that that they can use, and Melanie is still there that they can use for calling games. So um, they'll have plenty of things to, to plenty of people, capable people, to uh, fill out their roster of broadcasters. But Kevin has certainly earned the opportunity to be the number one TV play by play voice. All right, Ronnie Elliott is scheduled to join us here in just a minute. We will go ahead. We'll take a break and then hopefully chat with Rodney. we got a lot more to do here this morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. 
Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the latest in baseball coverage right here on the bat around gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience but there are risks involved if you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer know your limit stay within it set a budget and a time to stop remember gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling for free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR. And you've heard me talk about it. This Sunday, we are headed back to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland down in Hanover. Going to be there from 3 to 7. We'll be hanging out, getting ready, and watching the Big Ten Championship game and trying to give you a little advice on how it is that you should be betting. And live betting is so much fun because you watch like a run in the game. And I I don't know. Let's just, let's just, let's have fun. And let's say it's Maryland Rutgers in the championship game on Sunday. I don't feel great about that, but let's just say it, right? Um, and uh, Rutgers goes up 7-2, and you watch like the, the numbers, the lines change so drastically. And you're like, dude, you, it's, it's only the first three minutes of the game. Uh, you know, it's just a 7-2 run. It's not that big of a deal. So live betting is a ton of fun, and we're going to be giving you some advice during that Big Ten championship game and then some of the prop bets surrounding the selection show. Then we'll take a look at the brackets from 3 to 7 on Sunday. And hanging out with me for this one is a man that uh, I've been friends with for a very long time. Always appreciate opportunity to catch up with our buddy, former Terps and Dunbar star. He is Mr. Noodles himself, Rodney Elliott. He's back with us here on GCR. Rod, what's going on, pal? How are you? Oh, good morning, Glenn. I'm great, man. Yourself? Everything is good, my friend. I'm excited. Looking forward to hanging out with you on Sunday. You know, who knows? Maybe there's some magical run that Maryland's got in them to the Big Ten title game. I ain't betting on that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but you you never know. And then uh, we'll get ready for Selection Sunday. Let let me let me start here. Um, are you as invested on a day-to-day basis? Like, are you watching college games? Do you have a gut feel about who's got a great shot for winning the tournament and making a deep run? Are, are you invested in that way? It's starting to pick up, you know. Um, my birthday's in March, so I had an early early birthday, March 4th. Um, and March Madness is now. So we're talking tournament play. We're talking, um, you know, 
kind of like a new season. You know, it's like the fourth quarter in the big season of things. So I am invested. I'm excited about March Madness. Um, it starts. To, it, it, it kind of starts today now for me personally with uh, Maryland playing Michigan State. And, you know, they just got to put together a couple good wins and get to the dance. So yeah. they can do that. I'll be excited. But um, yeah, that would be a great year because you just never know who's going to Get a w that, that would be very exciting, Rodney. I just I don't think I'm feeling particularly good about the chances of that <laughs> happening. I I think I've got got to be realistic about it. Hey, with with, with that in mind, um, you know, something that I, I'm assuming you are invested in, of course, is Maryland's going to need to hire a coach here at the end of the year. A- as an alum, as someone from the area, as someone who cares so much about Maryland basketball and is, and identifies or is identified with Maryland basketball. What matters to you during this process? Like, what matters to you that they are looking for in a coach? Do you have someone that you think is deserving of the job? Where are you with Maryland's coaching search right now? Oh, man, you know what? Um, I think they need to, um, you know, it will be great if they find someone that um, understands this area here, um, the DMV area. Um, There's a lot of talent in this area as far as, um, you know, high school players. Um, but also understand this portal opportunity that's going on right now. I mean, you know, you want to get guys in there that are um, hard workers, guys that can, um, you know, uh, understand what the coach wants. I think recently there was a bit of a disconnect sometimes. I'm watching from a former player's perspective when it came to decision-making in some of these games. I mean, we've had the talent in the past. We, you know, um, had some key players go to the next level. But in some of those games, when we're talking about tournament play, Big Ten tournament, NCAA tournament, it seems like there was a disconnect in those crucial moments. So if we can find a coach that can be able to connect to the players and, um, you know, get what they want out of uh, situational um, basketball opportunities, I think that's a key. Um, you know, getting getting people in the gym again as well, making Maryland basketball um, you know, relevant again. I mean, I went to a couple games this year, and I saw way too many red seats for me. Mm-hmm. So, but to fill those seats up, you got to put wins in a uh, win column. No, there's no question about it. Rodney Elliott is with us here on GCR, and Rod, I. I... I feel like there's been a reason. There have been a, a percentage of Maryland fans who have said, "Well, that's why you have to you have to hit a home run with the hire because you need someone that's yeah. going to invigorate the fan base and get them back energized." And with a couple of names that have fallen off, you know, Rick Pitino says it's not going to be him. Andy Enfield uh, signs an extension at USC. There yeah. is this sort of reaction, like, "Oh, we're going to end up being disappointed by the hire." And I'm in a weird place because, like, I don't think it's irrelevant what the reaction is from the fan base on day one. Like, I get it. That that matters. You only get one chance to make a hire and announce somebody and try to get some fanfare for that. But I, I keep coming back to, you know, if they hire someone who's not Bruce Pearl and not Ed Cooley and not Kevin, not one of these top guys, if they go to the next level and they hire a Dennis Gates from Cleveland State – it's going to be a bummer to me that the reaction will be what it, what it is because all that really matters to me is this is this coach coach capable of winning. I sounded like I was from Baltimore there for a second, didn't I, Rodney? Coach, uh, is this coach capable of winning? Is he capable of getting the job done? And I, I'm almost terrified that there will be a negative reaction and the hire will be judged on that day instead of being judged by like what the person actually accomplishes in the job. Yeah, that's just the nature of, of uh, you know, college basketball. They want the glitz and glam. 
as well as the wins. But when it all comes down to it, it's about the wins. I mean, um, the person they hire might not be the, you know, shiny, shiny coach everybody's looking for. But if whoever comes in gets a staff together that can um, recruit good players, that can play a style of basketball that, um, you know, uh, that, that, that fits the, the talent that they have, as well as put fans in the seats. I mean, we're talking them being upset right now, but, you know, if we're um, in the tops of the Big Ten and if we are, um, you know, uh, having a good couple high season, this is the tournament going further, all that stuff is, is going to be out the window. So, you know, me, I'm not tripping off of who they may hire and, and, and what it may look like. I want to see what those practices look like. Yeah. I want to see what your, um, you know, uh, style of play is going to look like. You know, I, 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 I want to see who you're recruiting, you know, where you're getting these kids from. You know, I want to see, are you bringing in JUCO guys? Are you bringing in guys that can, you know, flat out get it done? So, um, at the end of the day, winning. Winning is what matters. No question. You know, we, I'm, I'm spoiled as a Maryland alumni, spoiled as a Maryland fan. You know, winning is the thing. It's not just, you know, putting up, um, you know, getting good guys and, and getting guys to the league, which is great. But, you know, can you finish top in your conference? Can you um, get a decent seed and, you know, advance in the, in, in the, Swiss, in, in the NCAA tournament? He is Rodney Elliott and he's with us here on GCR. Again, we're going to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel this Sunday from 3 to 7 for the Big Ten title game and for the selection show with some great giveaways, trying to help you guys win some money, throwing out some advice as far as betting is concerned. Rodney, we, uh, of course, remember that you had an outstanding senior season at Maryland and at some point during that season, there was this scrawny kid from Baltimore that showed up to start practicing with you guys in, in, in his redshirt year, and he went on to become a pretty decent player. And now he's a coach, and that's Juan Dixon. And there is, you know, there is this reaction that, that you get when somebody suggests Juan Dixon should be the coach at Maryland. They're like, you can't, you can't hire a coach from the MEAC to be the coach at Maryland, but this is Juan Dixon that we're talking about. Um, what would your thought process be about Juan as a candidate to be the coach moving forward, knowing, you know, certainly no one knows the program better, no one knows the area better, but obviously it it's not like he has been able to go stockpile, you know, plenty of winning seasons at high-level mid-majors or even at major conferences. What would your thought process be there? When you talk about knowing the pulse of College Park and knowing the um, what it takes to win at a university like that, you know, it, it, it's going to be hard for me to put anybody else uh, um, ahead of a guy named Juan Dixon. I mean, come on, the record book speaks for itself. But I think his story in general, you know, he wasn't a McDonald's All-American. He was a Burger King kid yep. coming in, you know. Yeah, he, he might not even been that. He might have been like a, a lose burger joint uh, guy or something <laughs> like that. You know what? I'm gonna give him a chicken box. You can ball. All right, all right, yeah, right, correct. Here. Yeah, exactly. Or some lake trout, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? But this guy shot out work though. He knew what it took. You know, he was in the gym early, he was in the gym late, he was in the gym on the off days. I mean, he got better, he got stronger, and you know, the numbers as far as scoring is concerned, only national championship there. So when you put a guy in a situation like that back in his alma mater and with the resources that um that University of Maryland has as far as the gym is concerned, as far as a great sponsor with Under Armour, I think, you know, it'll be hard for a kid when him and his staff go into a a, 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 a kid's living room to say, why not come to Maryland, you know? 
and you talking about style of play. I mean, you know, he's played at every level that the kids that want to come in and play. He, he, he played in college, high level, four years. He got yep. drafted. He played in the NBA for some time. So, you know, he understands um, Maryland basketball, but he also understands the culture of these kids nowadays. They got a win last night at Coppin State. Granted, he's, he hasn't had a lot of success there, but he's working what he has. Right, and I go to the game. Well, I, I've been to a game or two, and I've, I've I talk to him every now and then. And, and his mind, as far as basketball is concerned, he knows his X and O's. You know, he 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 makes good decisions when it comes out comes out of timeouts, things of that nature, strategically. And he's a basketball junkie, basketball junkie. He lives it. He coaches his kids. So for me, I think Juan Dixon definitely could be a candidate. I think he definitely could have an opportunity to, um, you know, be in line for the next coach at University of Maryland. And if that's a situation that comes up, he would definitely have my vote for sure. You know, Len Elmore brought something up to me a couple weeks back, Rodney. He said, since Juan, there hasn't been a Maryland alum even on staff at at Maryland, you know, since since he left to take the Coppin job. And he's like, you know, there's never someone on staff at Duke that isn't a Duke alum, right? Like, you know, it's oh, it's crazy. Good God, how how yeah. important is it to you that even if, you know, it's it's not Juan, even if it's not you know a Maryland alum that gets the job, that there be a representation of the alumni on the staff, that there is someone on the Maryland basketball staff that truly cares about and understands the program in that way. Let me tell you that's who that matters. Let me tell you who that matters to. That matters to that five-star kid that you're recruiting from this area particularly. That matters to that kid who is considering other universities across the country. But right here in your backyard, you mean to tell me you don't have of all the Maryland greats, you don't have none that are on your staff? Mm-hmm. Or haven't had none that stayed on your staff? You know? Um, two good friends of mine, really good friends of mine, brothers of mine, Keith Booth and Juan Dixon, you know, were guys there that, yep. you know, had a role as far as coach is concerned, but, you know, for whatever reason, didn't stick, you know? So for me, I think it's important when you look around all the other universities who've had success in building a culture and continuing that culture and what they've done. They have done that. They've kept guys that um, played at the university and came back and coached and were able to, you know, speak on the team's behalf, speak on the culture. You know, when you're a head coach, you got so many things to do, so many responsibilities. But if you have guys on your staff that can continually spread the word and the, um, the, the, the the culture of your university, that helps a lot. That helps a lot during the season, helps a lot during recruiting, and it helps as far as, you know, keeping keeping that energy there. And it helps with the fan base. I mean, don't get me wrong. We want to come see the players play too, but they want to come see the former coaches coach as well. I, dude, I'm I, I'm with you. I, I Look, hope all that's in consideration when it comes down to the next election. And, and Rodney, obviously, the answer back to somebody will. I I just I don't care. I just want them to all be good coaches, right? I don't I don't care who they are. As long as you got a staff full of good coaches, I don't care who they are. But I think what you allude to is important. It's something I just hadn't thought about much, um, you know, until Len brought it up. I I I do think that matters. I think you're right. I think you can. Yeah. I, you need to point somebody out and say, look, we care about our guys here. You come here. You're going to have the opportunity to stay with us for a long time. And you want to get into coaching maybe after basketball. We hire our guys to come back and work right. here. Like, I think that matters. That gives, if, you guys, that, that gives you guys on the team an extra incentive to keep going. Right. It's tough, playing. It, it, 
it's tough being a D1 athlete, tough being a you know, um, uh, college athlete with everything that's going on. And when you have those tough days, you need to, you know, and you question why, because I know for sure I questioned why when I was underneath Gary Williams I, years oh, ago. No doubt, right? When we were going through the preseason training and, you know, stuff like that. Like, why? Like, this is ridiculous. But when I got out there and that Duke versus Maryland or Maryland versus Carolina or we were on the road with, with Virginia, oh, man, I, I, I felt like I could conquer the world. That was because it was instilled in us that as long as we stick together, you know, we're playing for the name on the front of the jersey instead of the back of the jersey. That is something that that you can't that you can't mimic, and it helps when you have people that have been through that as well. I, I, you know, that have been through that. I completely get it. I completely get it. All right, Rodney Elliott, we're going to be in the the sports book on Sunday, the FanDuel sports book at Live Casino and Hotel. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to run this by you. I, uh, I'm i starting to kind of regret. I I got a little carried away last week when uh, John Morant had that uh, huge game against San Antonio where he hit that insane buzzer beater to end the half and had that, you know, monstrous posterized dunk. And I uh, I threw a few bucks on John Morant uh, to be NBA MVP because it was sitting at about 14-1. to 1. Um, It's already down all the way to 27-1 to 1 at this point because it's pretty clear John Morant's not going to be the MVP. But let me throw these out at you right now because you can still get plus money on Nikola Jokic, 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 Jokic to be the MVP. Jo- Joel Embiid remains the favorite right now at, at uh, negative money at minus 125. But Jokic, I feel like, is sort of starting to assert himself. Should my backup plan to recoup a little bit money, to a little bit of money to be throwing some cash towards Jokic at this point to be NBA MVP? Um, yeah, yeah. If I do doing, I mean, he's having a phenomenal season this year. He's been able to stay injury free, major injury free, um, this year. Um, Denver's been kind of under the radar with everything that's going on out in the West Coast, you know. Um, but as far as Jokic and what he brings to that team, um, thing about the MVP, you know he's going to get his touches. You know he's going to be there late in the game. You know he's going to be on the floor. He can shoot free throws. So for me, if you have the backup plan and you're going with Jokic, yeah. I think your money's in a good spot. I'm really sad about the Morant thing. I'm really, I felt so good about myself. I'm like, man, everybody's going to start talking about him. The entire country. Don't get, oh, and there's God, no God doubt. There's no doubt. It just it just sure. doesn't look like it's going to be enough time to be NBA MVP this season. And yeah, you know, you got to be good individually, but also got to be good as a team. Yeah, Memphis is as good as a team, but you know they 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 don't have that experience. They don't. I don't. I'm not sure where. I think at some point, John's going to be asked to do too much. And then that may be too much for him. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I'm starting to pay attention to Keg Cunningham for Rookie of the Year as well, too. Like, he's really starting to figure things out a little bit. I just don't know if he's going to run out of time. He's sitting at 5-1 to one right now. Mobley is the overwhelming favorite at minus 550. So it sort of seems like there's a consensus there's not going to be enough time. But I've been impressed by Keg Cunningham the last couple of weeks. I think he is. Yeah. he's proven to be as legit as everybody thought he was in the draft. I think he had a slow start. Though. He had a slow start at the beginning of the year, then he kind of picked it up. But you mentioned, um, you know, a kid in Cleveland has done really well. Cleveland itself has done really well. I mean, they, yeah, they, they, no they, they right up there at the top of the East East, East Coast. So, um, you know, my money is on Cleveland guys as well. Yeah, Evan Mobley, of course, being the uh, the overwhelming favorite right now for Rookie of the Year. All right, man, we're going to have some fun Sunday, 3-7. to seven. We'll have some great giveaways. Uh, we will be offering some advice. We'll be watching the game, seeing how it unfolds. And Rodney will be sharing his thoughts with you and uh, what 
what trends you're not like a big gambler right like this is not your world that you're walking into so so you're you're more giving us the basketball perspective and how it fits into gambling on sunday Right, exactly. A lot of huge gambling. I mean, you know, I may throw a little bit here and there at the slot machine, something like that. So I may bring bring my piggy bank for the slot machine. You're, you there. and I, I, you and I are gonna, you know, you and I, you're gonna, we're gonna look at some bets <laughs> on Sunday, and we're gonna decide together. And I'll put my money on it. That's fine. But we're gonna decide together a couple bets we want to make on Sunday between the Big Ten title game and the uh, selection special. All right. That'll work. Sounds good. Rodney Elliott. Uh, it'll be sun- this Sunday, 3 to 7, in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Looking forward to it, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. We'll see you Sunday afternoon, all right? No worries. Looking forward as well. See you later, Glenn. It's Rodney Elliott, a noodles himself, pride of Dunbar, former Terp. And, yeah, he'll be with us Sunday afternoon in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel from 3 to 7. We will be hanging out with you watching the Big Ten title game and the selection show and trying to help you make some money. And then we'll just go over, look over the brackets and share some thoughts about that as well. All right. Uh, we continue along uh, on a Thursday edition of GCR. From uh, Steve just follows up to say he wants Juan to be the next coach. I, You know, I'm not there. I'm in a tough spot, right? It, it, it does... As I said yesterday, it's a huge bummer that it's not Andy Enfield to me because I thought that was the best they could do of the reasonable names. Of the legitimate candidates, I thought that was the best they could do. It ain't going to be Andy Enfield. I think still think Kevin Willard is a fine candidate, but you can't ignore the fact that he's literally won one game ever in the NCAA tournament and last night did his damnedest, not his damnedest, but they did their damnedest to try to lose to Georgetown. In the first round of the Big East tournament, of course, Georgetown officially clinches an utterly winless year against Big East opponents, which is almost impossible. Like, I just have no idea how that could happen, and I certainly have no idea how they can keep Patrick Ewing moving forward, but they said a couple weeks ago they were going to. We'll see if they follow up on that. I like the idea of Juan Dixon coaching at Maryland. I think he brings a certain panache to your program. You probably don't have to pay him as much as you would have to pay somebody else, and I think he's a guy who can grow into the job. He certainly would be able to recruit in this area. Yeah, I think it's really tough because there's the comparison to Patrick Ewing. There's the comparison to Chris Mullen that a a lot of schools have attempted this in recent Mm -hmm. years where they they hired an alum with – Either little coaching experience, little coaching success. No, you know, in Patrick Ewing's case, no head coaching experience. He was an NBA assistant, but you know, he at least it's not a completely unqualified hire. It's just not the way that these types of programs typically hire coaches. Mm-hmm. Typically, when you are in a power conference, you hire a coach that has had success either at a mid-major or at a high major but a lesser basketball school. Obviously, Maryland found Mark Turgeon from Texas A&M, which is just never going to be conflated with a basketball school, Mm -hmm. but was in a power conference at the time. They were in the Big 12. Ultimately, they moved to the SEC. Um, It's just not the way that you go about doing it when you're at one of these programs. And I think the difficulty is there isn't a sustained track record of these hires having success. Mm-hmm. You know, Penny Hardaway's having some success at Memphis, right? Jawan Howard. So Jawan Howard, you know, it's a tricky, that's a tricky sell, you know? Like, Just don't go punching people in the face. But, you know, they've had a difficult season, too, on top of it. They had a really good first season, and then this has been a difficult season. And 
it hasn't been proven yet that this is a good route to go. Right. Does that mean it can't be? Of course. And as I said all along, I think there has been a dismissiveness of Juan Dixon as a candidate that has been unfair. Juan Dixon is Juan Dixon. He deserves to be a part of this process, 1,000%. Now, is he more qualified than other candidates? You know, in certain areas, to what Rodney Elliott points out. As far as being someone who understands the area, yeah, he's definitely more qualified than Nico Medved at Colorado State. As far as being someone who understands the program, he's more qualified than anyone as a candidate is. But as far as proving that he can sustain success as a college coach, no. You know, like there's a huge miss there. And And as I said a million times, it's very, very, very difficult to win games at Coppin State. It's almost like we shouldn't measure a coach at Coppin State by traditional wins and losses because part of your job, and I, I genuinely believe there are people that don't know this, in order to get your salary as the coach at Coppin State, you have to sell a certain number of games for big money. It's a different job than it is even at other low majors. Your job title is in part coach, and frankly, it's also salesman. In the same way that there are... Uh, I'm trying to give a good example. I, I will tell you, there are radio hosts whose job, whose primary job is really to be a salesperson. And then they also have to be a radio host on top of it. That exists in markets all throughout the country. Juan Dixon, in order to make his salary as the Coppin State head coach, has to agree to go play an S-ton of road games against power conference teams that will pay him and pay the school in order for them to have a budget, in order for them to operate other sports at Coppin State University. So you look at his record overall, and it's atrocious, but it misses that context. It misses the context. I'll pull up their schedule from this season. Uh, Coppin's basketball schedule this year alone. At Loyola Chicago, at DePaul, at UConn, at Virginia, at East Carolina, at St. Bonaventure, at George Washington. Now, there are some others in there that are closer to mid-major. You know, Ryder's a mid-major. Greensboro's a mid-major. They uh, they got to play a home game against Loyola, so they had that going for them, which was nice. Do you think... Uh, and Cornell's a, a, a higher mid-major, but very much a mid-major. Obviously, we know how insane Maryland fans can be. But do you think that a guy like Juan Dixon, because he's Juan Dixon, yeah, gets a longer leash from the fan base? No, I don't. And I and I this is it's a very tricky thing. I think it it'll be very split. If you hire Juan Dixon, I think it's a very split response. There's a group of people that that say, "Look, it's Juan Dixon. Let's give him a shot, man. Come on." And there's a group of people that immediately say, "This this is I, I don't I love Juan Dixon. This is not a hire that Maryland should be making." And that group will not be pacified until it's proven that you can coach. So they're not going away. They're not giving you more leniency just because you're Juan Dixon. Check out, again, what's going on. Georgetown won the Big East tournament a year ago. There's no leniency for Patrick Ewing there this year. There's no, yeah, but you're, and and Patrick Ewing's a Hall of Famer. There's no, give him a chance. There's no, they're infuriated. And I get it. It's a different, they literally have won zero games in conference play. That's insane. I mean, that's, that's, Bat-ass nuts. Yeah, they've lost like 19 straight or something it's like that. It's unreal how bad it's been. 
but there's no leniency there because it's Patrick Ewing. Um, it, you know, if it ever gets that bad, no matter who the coach is, they, they kind of have to go. It's just the way you, you can't bottom out like that and continue to just be a coach at a power school. That's insane. But, um, you know, I, he's all, I've said all along, I, I don't dismiss Juan Dixon as a candidate. I wouldn't hire him over some of the guys that have been thrown out there. But as I said before, if you get to the point where it's not Kevin Willard, and keep in mind, there's also a, a, a search firm that's involved with this, and who knows what they think of this job, because they're not as romantic about alums or guys who know the area or whatever it is. They have formulas they use to say this is this is the person that you should be hiring as your coach. And they also have their own relationships, frankly, with agents and things along those lines. The hire will ultimately be made by Damon Evans in concert with um, Dr. Pines, the school president. I... I have said before, I've heard a couple of names that I, I know they like that I think people aren't thinking about as top candidates for the job. Not that I'm comfortable enough to throw some of those names out there, and I'm just not. Um, one of them is one that um, you know I, I know has been on the radar but lesser on the radar for the job. One of them not on the radar at all. No, I haven't heard anybody talk about them. But I've, I've heard that that's a name that Damon Evans specifically likes. So I still think right now, I, if you made me bet, you know, if there was a prop for this on the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino Hotel, I'd bet it was Kevin Willard. I just, that was always the most practical name in the entire process. And then we can respond to that however we want. There will, of course, be people who will hammer the one NCAA tournament win everything. And then there'll be other people that would say, yeah, well, now he's going to a place where she'd be get, able to get better talent than he could get at Seton Hall, and that'll change that number. But I'd still bet that. If it's not Kevin Willard, and you get into that next group of candidates, if you get into the Nico Medveds and the Mark Popes and the Dennis Gateses and the Ryan Odoms of the world, guys that are coming more from mid-majors, you know, Mountain West being high mid-major, if you get into that conversation, I absolutely believe that there is a place within that conversation where you find Juan Dixon. Where that place is and does it become something they can do, I'll bet against it. But I think at some point in that conversation, you talk about Juan Dixon and he's deserved to be a part of the process. If you missed Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley catching up with Tim Kirkchen on Monday night, you can find it right now at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or by going to pressboxonline.com slash video. Stan's doing two shows for you every week um, and encourage you to go check those out right now. When we come back in, we will talk about where the Ravens are after a couple moves yesterday. We'll get a tidbit tubular to wrap up this show. And then Weekend at Bookies still to come this morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. 
Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Paul says, just curious, for Terps head coaching candidates, how much do you think how these coaches do in the postseason will factor into the hiring, or Evans will have already made his decision? For example, Willard's team almost got bounced by a 625 team last night. And that's exactly what I was saying when we were talking about Willard, right? Like that, I, I still think right now that of the reasonable names, Kevin Willard is the, the best, most qualified solid hire that Maryland can make. And because of that, the most likely hire that Maryland can make. But if they make that hire, the first thing that somebody's going to do is rush to Wikipedia and go through and say, all right, so he was at Iona for three years where he didn't make an NCAA tournament. He didn't make an NCAA tournament in his first five years at Seton Hall. Well, then he made four straight. Okay, well, that's good. 
Uh, round of 64, round of 64, round of 32, round of... Si he won one game. He won one NCAA tournament game. They didn't make the tournament last year. They'll probably make the tournament this year. I'm almost... You know, but the, yeah, they, they, they damn near lost to Georgetown last night. Does it matter? Yeah, it matters. But at the same time... Who are you hiring right now that's more qualified than that? That's the part we got to keep coming back to. We're, we're almost trying to cheat the process. Maryland fans, a handful wanted Rick Pitino because they just wanted a guarantee. We want to know. This is the guarantee fairy from Tommy Boy. We don't want our daughter missing. We want to know that there's a guarantee that it's someone can, that can win a national championship. It doesn't work that way in hiring coaches. When Villanova hired Jay Wright, they had no clue that he was going to be Jay Wright. When Virginia hired Tony Bennett, they had no clue. A lot of people didn't know that Virginia could win a national championship literally until they did it because they thought the style would never work for winning a national championship. Remember, he just lost in the first round a year earlier to a 16 seed. We want to cheat the system. We want to know something we can't possibly know. We want to have a guarantee fairy. We did this game yesterday with Would You Rather Wednesday, and I brought up Tony Bennett, and all of a sudden, everybody's like, well, you have to have Tony Bennett because he's going to completely come in and, and make, your, make your program a winner year in and year out. Well, maybe, and you know, I've, I've reason to think that would be possible, but I don't know that either. As I said, I don't know that. I don't know that Tony Bennett immediately comes to Maryland and is just able to completely replicate everything he had at Virginia. I don't know that. I understand why you think that, but I don't know that. That's the difficulty in this. We're trying to hire an equation. We're trying to hire something that's a guarantee. And there's just no way of knowing that. I like Kevin Willard as a coach. I think he's done a good job at Seton Hall. I think it's a tough place to win. I think it's a tough place to get kids to come play. There's no football program there. There's no real. There's no on-campus arena. It's a difficult thing to try to get kids to come to Seton Hall. Now, you can say you have the advantage of being close to New York, and so there's a recruiting base there, but there is no relationship between New York and Seton Hall where kids that grow up in New York say, that's where I want to go. That does not exist at all whatsoever. It does not exist. I think he's done a good job. He hasn't accomplished even as much as Mark Turgeon had accomplished in the NCAA tournament at the point at which Maryland hired Mark Turgeon. That's going to matter. Somebody's going to bring that up if they hire Kevin Willard. Do I think it means they can't hire Kevin Willard? No, because I just don't think that a coach that has made five Sweet 16s and a Final Four is available to come to Maryland. Frankly, it's why I thought Andy Enfield was the best option. Because he had proven it to some extent. These are the candidates. That's who you got. You're going to have to figure out which one of them is most likely to be able to replicate success. That's why the interview process probably matters. It's why relationships matter. There's going to be a lot of trust put in the search firm. There's a lot of eye-rolling when you use the term search firm in college athletics. You know, Let me be your search firm. I can figure this out. I, I know who the candidates are. 
I like Kevin Willard. I do. I think he's a good basketball coach. I can't guarantee that he would be able to sustain success at the University of Maryland. But they got to hire somebody. They, they can't. We can't wake up tomorrow and suddenly Mark Few is the coach at Maryland. It's not going to work that way. It, it's not going to be Eric Musselman as much as we want it to be. I mean, I'd, it'd be amazing. I say it's not going to be. It's almost certainly not going to be Eric Musselman. I, people have brought up Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart just left Texas a year ago. I would, I would be stunned for Shaka Smart to leave Marquette after one year. I'd be stunned by that. Is it impossible? No, it's not impossible. But it would just be very surprising for a coach to leave a place after one year. And I get it. You can argue, again, that Maryland is a better job than Marquette. And I think it is. But, boy, it's a tough... To be that guy, the guy that left the job one year later, that's a tough thing to do. That's a very difficult thing to do. Is it impossible? Of course. And I don't know Shaka Smart personally well enough to know the way that he thinks. Or even if, frankly, he'd be a guy that Maryland would want. I mean, it was, it didn't really work for him at Texas. That was a disappointment. That was the hire of the century. The guy that everybody wanted was Shaka Smart. And he got to Texas and it just never clicked. He never succeeded at the way people assumed he would succeed when he got his first high major job. Just did not happen. All right. Uh, the Ravens, of course, yesterday, uh, they find out that Alejandro, Alejandro Villanueva is retiring. Had he not retired, he wasn't going to be a Raven anyway. I mean, it, uh, bless, bless him. Uh, seems like a solid person. Every time you talk to somebody in the locker room, the respect and the reverence they have for Alejandro Villanueva is remarkable. Um, as Tyus Bowser and Patrick Queen explained to us, like that's the dude that when he talks, everyone shuts up and listens because of the, the, the sacrifices he's made in his life, because of the person that he is, because of the various things that he's seen. He has that type of respect and appreciation from his teammates. And that's, that's an incredible thing to say about someone. So um, bully on, for Alejandro Villanueva, who we didn't like for a long time because of the team that he was playing for, and then we didn't like for the last year because the, the team that he was not playing well for. It's just the reality. We never really had a time to like Alejandro Villanueva in Baltimore. It clearly did not work. It was nonsensical from day one. I, you know, This goes down as one of the all-time misses in Ravens history. There's kind of no way of getting around it. I don't. We don't need to harp on it much longer, but this is... I get it, it's one year. It didn't set the franchise back eternally. It's not drafting Kyle Bowler, but it's one of the great misses in Ravens history, which is the type of thing you can say when you haven't had a lot of overwhelming misses in your franchise's history. Um, this goes down as one of them. The Tavon Young thing, weird. Not because of the number, because I don't know yet what they want with Tavon Young. It's easy to say, you know, hey, they, they should try to sign him back at a lesser number. He played well last year. He did. Like, Tavon Young was helpful last year. The Tavon Young thing is frustrating because the original contract they gave him never made any sense. Um, obviously, he's been injury-plagued since that point, but, you know, was healthy a year ago and contributed. So with that being the most recent track record that we have for Tavon Young and knowing you can't have enough good cornerbacks – I could definitely see a scenario where you want him back, but I would have presumed you would have gone to him with that first before you just released him. That you would have gone to him and said, hey, could we work on something in order to keep you around? And the fact that that didn't happen 
makes you think that either Tavon Young knows there's a market for him out there because, again, there are only so many good cornerbacks in the NFL, or the Ravens just don't really want him even at a cheaper number, have just sort of decided this isn't we – don't, we don't have even a couple of million bucks to spend on Tavon Young right now. Too much of an injury risk. You know, you, you feel like you don't need – your bigger need is outside corners than it is inside corners, and Tavon Young is most certainly not an outside corner for whatever reason. One of those two things seems to have to be true because there's almost no chance they didn't begin the conversation with, hey, we'd like to keep you around. Could we work on something that would get you here again next year at a lower number? And the fact that that's not what they did, and again, it doesn't, it doesn't preclude... Tavon Young getting to the open market, finding out there's not really all that much of interest in him, and then coming back to the Ravens. That has happened, not just with free agents. That's happened with guys that have been released, where they say, let me dip my toes in, see how the waters are, and then we'll, we'll talk. But typically, given as much tampering as occurs in the NFL, typically that's taken care of now, and he knows exactly what's out there for him on the open market. So I'm reluctant to think that he's going to be back. I get it. It's not impossible that he ends up back. And all it takes is one team, you know, missing on someone else that they wanted and then saying, well, now we got a few million dollars. We'll spend it on Tavon Young. Or one team that said we'd offer this amount of money to Tavon Young but didn't know somebody else was going to become available and says we'd rather spend that money on this player. Now all of a sudden Tavon Young is still sitting out there and could be an option for the Ravens. I'm not going to yell or scream about it either way. With um, the release of Young and Westry with Jimmy Smith and Anthony Avery being on Westry seems agents. like one that's more likely to come back. Westry right. is a very unique circumstance because of the, the tender that you'd have to give him. Um, you, you can't rework that number internally. You, you have to let him go. But that one's one where there's almost it's very unlikely to be a significant market for Chris Westry mm-hmm. and you can probably I I would be less surprised by Westry returning than Young at this point. So with the potential then for four but more likely three guys that could not be back next year, do you think it makes corner a more likely target in the in the draft this year for the Ravens in the first round or do you think that they're still preferencing a, a tackle or or an edge rusher? I don't, you know, I I don't think they're going to go in this always becomes Best a problem. If, if you go in having one significant need, you end up with a Hayden Hurst problem on your hands, right? Like, one of their all-time failures was that they didn't address tight end, and they kind of had no other choice but to have to draft a tight end early in that season. Now, again, it's not the end of the world. Hayden Hurst was fine during his time like in Baltimore. I, a lot of people want Hayden Hurst back, and, and who knows? Maybe he could end up back in Baltimore. But he was never someone that was worthy of being selected where he was selected mm-hmm. in that draft. He was not that good of a player, um, and it was a huge miss. And and you can compare it to Derwin James, who I know has had some injury issues, but Derwin James, when he's been on the field, has been absurdly special. You had the chance to take him, but you, at that point, were so desperate for a tight end. You needed a tight end so badly because you hadn't done anything that you had to take a tight end early. As it turns out, they took another one, and that one worked out quite well for them, the one they took later on in that draft. But it's a terrible place to be where you go into a a draft having not addressed a particular position at all and having to come away with something at that position. Because either you end up forcing a pick or 
you don't get that, and then you're left doing what they had to do at tackle last year and signing Alejandro Villanueva, signing someone who wasn't qualified for the job after the draft was over. You've got to figure it out now. Do I think it makes it more likely? I don't, I don't know. I think the quality of player is what makes it most likely. Right. That the argument from you know the many, and we'll try to do another draft segment tomorrow, the many draft folks we've talked to has been that there are gonna, there's going to be quality cornerback waiting for them at, at 14. There will be, whether it's Stingley, whether it's Gardner, whoever it is, there's going to be a quality cornerback. That's, not all of them are going to go before 14. They're going to have that opportunity. Does that mean that's who they take? Is it guarantee they like those players more than they like, say, a Jordan Davis? If they're just in love with a the player, they're going to take that player when they get to 14. Um, but the availability of cornerback and, you know, knowing that what they went through a year ago, knowing that literally you can never have enough cornerbacks, sure, it wouldn't surprise me at all for their first pick to end up being a corner whatsoever. The Bobby Wagner thing, again, I get it. It's exciting to talk about every player that comes available. I have no idea. I couldn't possibly tell you if the Ravens will ultimately be in on Bobby Wagner or not because I just don't really know what the market is for Bobby Wagner. While it's easy to portray him as a Ravens target because he's a player who was cut, um, I, I, I still don't know if it's somebody that they're spending a lot of money on. You know, this is still someone who's deep into their career at this point. And if there's a real market out there, I love Bobby Wagner as a player. What's not to love, right? But, you know, a lot of people loved Earl Thomas as a player a few years ago. I, I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not as sold as a lot of people are that Bobby Wagner at this point is worth really spending money on at this point. Um not when you have other needs. Yeah, that's 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 sort of and I get it like I, you know, they got to figure out exactly what Patrick Queen is moving forward. And, you know, I, you can say inside linebacker is still a need for them on the whole. Um, I, I have no problem with saying that, but not as pressing as other areas to me. That my priority is not necessarily inside linebackers. So, you know, if you can do it on the cheap, sure. Let's do it. And, yeah, Brian, I saw this from Lock and Forey saying the Ravens are seeking to trade Miles Boykin. You know, they can seek to trade him all they want. I don't know what you're getting for Miles Boykin. If if you can seventh round, if pick. you can get somebody to give up a seventh round pick for you, God bless by all means. That's you know that's not really news. They of course are going to seek to trade Miles Boykin, but that's because they're going to have to release Miles Boykin at some point, or presumably will have to release Miles Boykin. And we have to you know continue to say he is a very good blocker and has carved out a nice special teams role, but just just lost, just lost in the depth chart as far as the wide receiver position is concerned. Tidbit of the day brought to you today by Underdog Fantasy Football. We love playing underdog. There are so many great contests available between hockey and basketball and hopefully baseball at some point. You use the code PRESSBOX when you make your first deposit up to $100. We will match it with free money for you to play with. Underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app in order to start playing. All right, so on, on Wednesday night, Navy lost in the Patriot League Tournament Final to Colgate 74-58. Colgate closed the game on a 14-4 run after Navy got the after Navy got the game to within six at 54-60. In the game, Colgate had five players score in double digits. It was the first game of the season, in their last game, that Navy allowed five players to score double-digit points against them in one game. In fact, Navy's defense had been so good this year that they actually had three games in which nobody scored double-digit points against them. 
For Navy, on three, three, only three players this season averaged more than eight points per game. Who were they? Uh, I mean, uh, Carter. Yep, um, 13.4. Summers. 8.9. Is the third one Yoder? No. Nelson? Tyler Nelson, 8.5. Man, you knocked that one out of the park. I mean, you know, I, I only because I'm paying attention to Navy basketball of late. Like, I mean, you know, but yeah, they, look, it was a bummer. It was a bummer last night. It was a real bummer that, um, yeah, they battled. They battled like hell, man, on the road in a tough place. And when they got it back to a six point game late, I was like, holy crap. It was a six point game with like seven minutes left after they had been down, down by 19. I was like, the, the momentum was all on their side. And then at a one timeout that Matt Langle took, Matt Langle's done an unbelievable job at Colgate. One timeout he took from there, Colgate just reasserted themselves. Navy tried to go small, and Colgate's bigs just sort of wrecked that. It was a real bummer, real bummer, but a hell of a season, no doubt about that. If you haven't picked up the new print issue of Pressbox, it's available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of the hundreds of locations where you find Pressbox on the cover. That's Gary Williams. You've heard of him. We celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland's run to the 2002 National Championship. Go get it right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, or any of the hundreds of locations where you find press box throughout town. Tonight, totally tubular, Maryland-Michigan State at 6.30 on Big Ten Network. The other Big Ten tournament games today, Indiana-Michigan, 11.30, Northwestern Iowa at 2, Penn State-Ohio State at 9, again, all on Big Ten Network. Coppin State's women's team in action at noon in the MEAC tournament on ESPN Plus against UMES. Then the Morgan women take on South Carolina State at 2. The Morgan men take on South Carolina State at 6 in the quarterfinals. Patriot League women's tournament tonight on ESPN Plus. Navy and Bucknell at 6. Mount St. Mary's lacrosse hosts Mercer today at 3 on NEC Front Row. Um, as far as the NBA is concerned tonight, TNT, Net Sixers at 7.30, Warriors Nuggets at 10. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Golden Knights Sabres at 7. Wild Red Wings at 7. Ducks Predators at 8. Round one of the players uh, is underway. For some reason that says 8. It's actually noon. I will fix that on the Golf Channel. Indian Wells on the Tennis Channel starting at 2. That's all you need to know sports-wise. You can find the rest at glennclarkradio.com. Some non-sports highlights for the evening? Uh, yeah, Jersey Shore Family Vacation at 8 o'clock on MTV. Um, you have all the law and orders from 8 through 11 uh, on NBC. Uh, Grey's Anatomy in his 47th season uh, at 9 sure. o'clock on ABC. I said um, highlights. What's that? Grey's Anatomy. It doesn't <laughs> qualify as a highlight. <laughs> there, there are very few highlights can, on, then, on, on then a we Thursday can, night. Then we can leave it and just say yeah. go find it at glennclarkradio.com. Yeah. All right, thanks today to Rodney Elliott. Thanks also to um, uh, Chance Campbell as well as to Kevin Brown. We'll get all that up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, we'll do a draft segment tomorrow. I think we'll try to catch up with Bo Smolka tomorrow and some stuff and things that we're working on as well for tomorrow's program. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Great Eights memorabilia, live casino and hotel, underdog fantasy football, blue line canine, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Know the risks. Have a plan before you start gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter, at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Glenn Clark Radio. Um, I think that's all we got to cover for that. Yeah, have a great Thursday night. Go Terps. Go all the local men's and women's teams. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. Now, if you are with us on video, give us one minute. We'll be back. If you're with us on audio, do nothing. We'll be right back with the inaugural episode of Weekend at Bookies.
and welcome into the first ever edition of Weekend at Bookies. I am Glenn Clark. He is Paul Valley. It's all brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Coming up on the first ever edition of the program, we are going to catch up with Bet Preps, Brad Feinberg. We'll take a look at the fine lines for this week as far as the NCAA tournament, the conference tournaments, the NBA are concerned. And uh, here joining us in just a minute, our buddy Andrew Stecka, who will offer us his stats and figures for the week. I know he's big into golf and soccer, maybe helping us find some money to be made in those areas. We'll be doing uh, Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Of course, on Tuesdays at 11.40, we bring you Simply the Bets. Now on Thursdays, as an extension of Glenn Clark Radio, you can tune in for Weekend at Bookies. I did not have a great night last night, admittedly. I can't lie to you guys. I struggled. I should have. I, you know what I'm really mad at myself about is I didn't bet the Suns. I, I like Navy and the points. I didn't like them to win. I liked them in the points. And I certainly liked it a lot when they rallied back within six in the second half, the number being seven and a half, but just wasn't meant to be. So it was a rough night for me. I'm trying to get some uh, action back. I love betting tennis. It's my favorite thing. So Indian Wells has given me some opportunities to do that. Um, I, tennis is one of the sports where I do sometimes encourage you to consider betting favorites just because there's only two options. Like it's a little bit different than it is when you get to other sports. I, I do sometimes find myself betting favorites a bit more often in tennis. Um, like, for example, I did put some money on Naomi Osaka today against Sloan Stevens. All right, uh, joining us now. He, uh, he, he had a big hit last week when he was with us. He'll be with us every Thursday on Weekend at Bookies to help us with some stats and figures. He is our friend, Mr. Andrew Stecka, and he's with us now. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Glenn. How are you? Uh, you uh, you actually won me some money. I decided to to take your play on Man City, Man U. That was a that was a nice little winner for me on Sunday. Thank you for that, sir. Yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, obviously, you know, City is is running rampant through the Premier League once again, and and they did they did a job over over Manchester United. We're gonna go back to soccer a little bit later today, um, but but that's not even that's not even first on my list. What for this week? What? All right. So the deal is gonna be, uh, you've got you give me four plays every week, and you've done a little bit of work. You're presenting some stats and figures because I'm very clever about why these are your plays for the week. So. Let's not waste any time. Andrew Stecka, what is your first play this week? Well, let's start out in the Big Ten tournament, and I hate to do it, but I'm going to take Michigan State minus the two points. I, 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 don't, I don't know why you would hate to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, these teams just met on, uh, on Sunday. Michigan State beat Maryland by 10. Now that was on their home floor. It turns around, you turn around, and they're playing on a neutral court now. And, uh, you know, the, the line is only two. And to me, that line should be closer to, to probably five or six even on a neutral court. So I like Michigan State to cover the short the short number. Um, you know, Michigan State all all they really kind of have to do is limit Maryland's three point shooting. And when you're talking about a team like Maryland uh, going into a neutral court, a new building, I, I just I can't see them immediately getting hot to start off this Big Ten tournament. And uh, that's so that's the way I'm leaning on that one. It's it's Michigan State minus two right now. All right. So the only the only retort I have, and I can't create this originally, this was from Patrick Stevens earlier in the week. 
Uh, here are their results the last time that Michigan State has played away from away from the Breslin Center. Uh, last Thursday, they lost at Ohio State. Last Tuesday, they lost at Michigan. On February 22nd, they lost at Iowa. On February 15th, they lost at Penn State. On February 5th, they lost at Rutgers. The last time they won a game away from the Breslin Center just so happens to be at Maryland back on February 1st. But they are definitely a different team. In calendar 2021, they have won two games away from the Breslin Center. And uh, frankly, they weren't much better before that. So that's the only retort that I would have related to picking Michigan State to cover that number. Yeah, and the only thing I can say back to that, and I, I, I feel that, the only thing I can say back to that is Tom Izzo in the month of March. I understand. That is, that is just the way that I feel. And, and look, I would love for Maryland to be in a better place right now, but um, I just don't see them being able to, to get the job done. And again, it's, it's, it's the line to me. Two points does not seem like enough to get me to bite on Maryland. Um, I get it. I, I mean, I... I certainly could not have any comfort comfort in betting on Maryland. I agree with you on that point. Now, of course, we also never know when it's just going to be the type of night in which, for whatever reason, Fats Russell and Eric Ayala kind of go off, and, and, and who knows. But I get it. I certainly understand why that would be your first play. All right. I'm going to stay in the Big Ten tournament. Stetson uh, figures later. with Andrew Stecka. Yes, number two. Later, later on, after Maryland-Michigan State, you got Penn State taking on Ohio State. I like the underdog in this game. Penn State is getting five. Uh, Penn State is 11 and six against the spread as an underdog this season. Ooh! And they've got wins over teams like Indiana, Rutgers, Iowa, and that Michigan State team that we were just talking about. Um, and Ohio State, we've we've kind of seen them in the last few weeks. They've sputtered. They've lost three or four coming down the stretch. Um, I still think they're 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 a very good team, but. If I'm getting five with Penn State, I really like them as a dog. Yeah, they've been kind of a mess of late. I mean, they like you know, to the point where Maryland's win over them doesn't really even look all that impressive any longer. Uh, I don't blame you for that. Uh, you know, I'm not. I don't. I'm certainly not in love with Penn State. And then there's the tricky part of it, which is one of these teams had to play in the. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm. I'm not. It, it's far be it for me to have any. Um, faith in Penn State basketball at any point, but I get it. What you're really saying is there's no reason to have faith in Ohio State basketball at the moment, and I and I can't argue with that point whatsoever. So I might even toss a couple of bucks that way myself, Andrew Stecka. The best way I can describe Penn State is plucky. I mean, they, they, they spread out their scoring. They, they don't rely on just one or two guys, and they can – you know, they can be pretty good on the boards as well, and that's something that, you know, you're going to have to do in order to, to compete with Ohio State. So that's my second play. Penn All State right. Plus five over Ohio State uh, in the Big Ten tournament tonight. Um, going to switch over to the NBA. Uh, two two really fun NBA games on the slate tonight, and the, the it's funny. The totals for those games have moved a bunch in the last kind of 12 hours. Um, but I'm going to focus in on Denver getting one and a half points at home over Golden State. Now, Denver just played last night. Golden State's going to have the rest advantage. That's why they are a home dog. But Nikola Jokic is just playing so well right now. Um, the dude is, is almost at, almost near a triple-double every night. Seriously um, regret throwing my money at John Morant instead of Jokic for my MVP. Yeah, feeling, Seriously feeling regret those, that. Feeling a little bit of that as well. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, that is certainly the case. But um, – I just I, Denver is a is a sneaky team. The, the West is so interesting. I know you've been watching your sons, and they continue to win games despite not having Chris Paul. Um, they're they're kind of getting themselves back on track. The Warriors are in that role. The, the you know Memphis is out there. Denver and Utah are, are all kind of everyone's kind of roaming right now, and it, I'm so interested to see 
who emerges from this group. It's it's really, you know, the East is, it seems wide open, but the West, you can really narrow down to three, four, maybe five teams that who's going to challenge the Suns and maybe even the Warriors, but, you know, Denver at home in this spot, you know, Golden State's still without Draymond Green, people forget. Um, and, and they've kind of been, they've been able to write the ship a little bit, but they're still not quite where they, they did, want to they be. They did rest everybody the other night in order to sort of uh, get ready for this game. Like, they kind of seem to have targeted this game. That's the one thing that kind of concerns me about this. Yeah, I just, I, I really like Denver in this spot. And Yo- just the way that Jokic is playing, I feel like he can take over a game. And the fact that you're getting a little bit of, 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 points at home with with Denver you need the Nuggets plus the one and a half uh, hey uh, John from Little Rock hops in and says that the Maryland line is a rat line and you should hammer Maryland I actually disagree and I, I know that, the, that this is the when something's a stink line you got it you got to play it because somebody knows something that you don't know I'm going to disagree on this one. I think that this line is a reflection of Michigan State and what we were just talking about a second ago and, and how they have been awful outside of East Lansing. I don't think this is a stink line. I think this is a Maryland team that's played a little bit better and a Michigan State team that hasn't played all that well. And I think on a neutral floor, I, I actually think the line is about right. I still agree with Stecka and his pick. I just don't think this is a, 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 a stink line that shows you have to bet Maryland because clearly there's something there that we don't know about that someone else does. I'm not in agreement on that. Yeah, I think if you're taking the two teams just based on talent, the, the, the line should probably be, the, probably be closer to five. Uh, and the fact that it's only two... Uh, that, well, the, that gives but, me right, all that's, the incentive I need. That's, but that's the rat line argument. The rat line argument is right. when the line doesn't make sense, it's because somebody knows something that you don't know. And when that's the case... You got to embrace the side of it that doesn't make sense. You say this; it makes no sense at all that Maryland's only a two and a half point dog against Michigan State. Somebody knows something about Michigan State. Somebody knows about turmoil there, or somebody's not going to play, or something along those lines. There's someone somewhere that's smarter than I am. I have to accept it, and I just got to hammer Maryland because of it. I just don't. I'm I'm just not in agreement. I don't. I think we are higher on Michigan State because it's Tom Izzo and the tradition of Michigan State than what Michigan State has actually been of late. And I think of late these two teams, this is about right for a neutral site game. So I just don't. It's the stink line argument that I'm not agreeing with. There's no question about it. Um, my final pick of the week. We're going to go back to the Premier League and put together a little mini parlay, just like we did last week uh, with Manchester City beating Manchester United. And unfortunately, I'm going to go back against Manchester United. The big game of the Premier League weekend is uh, the team that, that you know that I support, Tottenham Hotspur, travel up to Old Trafford ah, to take on I can't Manchester wait. United. This, this, is my, this, and, is my, this is my Super Bowl, frankly, Andrew Stecka. Of course. Well, it is, it is a really, really big game in terms of the Premier League season. Both these teams are chasing uh, the top four places, which will get you into the Champions League for next year. And uh, you've got to go back. There's a little bit of history involving this matchup right now because back in October, uh, late October, these two teams met uh, in North London uh, at Spurs, and it was deemed El Sacco. Uh, both managers were in turmoil, and the, the team that lost that game was almost surefire going to fire their manager. And uh, that is exactly what played out. Manchester United beat Tottenham 3-0 in that match, and a few days later, Tottenham sacked their manager, Nuno Espirito Santo, and then hired Antonio Conte. And they've kind of started to right the ship since doing so. United, on the other hand, you know, they continued to kind of flounder a little bit despite beating Tottenham back in October. And then they fired their manager, but they didn't get to Conte in time. He had already got right. Spurs. So yeah. Now they, yeah, of course, you know this. Seriously, right? Uh, so, you know, Spurs go up to Old Trafford this weekend. Um, kind of, they've been in up and down form, but they're, 
they're minus 150 to either win or draw. So just, just, they just need to get a point. Um, and both these teams really do struggle kind of from a defensive standpoint, especially when, it, when they play each other. As I mentioned, three goals were scored in the previous game. Uh, Spurs have actually won two of their last three going away to Old Trafford. Uh, they won 6-1 and 3-0 in, in, in two of those last three. Um, so I'm going to take over the one-and-a-half goals, which is minus 460. But if you pair those two things together, you can get Tottenham to win or draw and over one-and-a-half goals at plus money at plus 114. So that's okay. what I'm going to take. All right. So those are Andrew Stecka's stats and figures. If you want to get down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Throw a few money uh, bucks on those. And what time is that uh, match? That match that's a that's a that's an afternoon match. That's not a morning match, right? On uh, Saturday. Yeah, I believe it's. I want to say it's twelve thirty. Okay. On so Saturday. I only that's say that Saturday. because if you guys want to bet those morning matches, you always have to remember that the uh, the twenty four seven betting kiosks are there at the FanDuel Sportsbook. So even if what you're wanting to bet on is at an odd hour, it does not matter that the sportsbook is technically not open. The the, the betting kiosks are still there for to get those bets in. But uh, that particular match is is yes, it's twelve thirty match on Saturday, so that would be, you can go to the betting window as well for that one in particular. Uh, John also wants to know, uh, he says he loves Liverpool in a clean sheet. What do you think about that? Uh, playing Brighton, yeah, I mean, Brighton. Brighton's a good team, they can they can run, but but Liverpool is always a good bet. John John knows, John and I were going back and forth a little bit on, on Twitter earlier th- uh, this week, um, you know, Liverpool is the one team chasing Manchester City for, for the Premier League right now. Um, they're going to have to continue to to get those points if they if they want to catch City. Uh, Liverpool is always always a pretty good bet. I'm not 100% sold on the clean sheet, but uh, I, I would certainly like Liverpool to win that match against Brighton. All right, very good. At Asteca on Twitter is how you follow him. He'll be joining us every time we do Weekend at Bookies to offer us his plays, his stats and figures. No, we're not calling it Stets Bets because I want <laughs> I want Stets and figures. I want a little info more than just the picks. I want a little thought process as to why they make sense. All right, buddy. Uh, uh, should we should we bet on uh, baseball being played before uh, May first? Uh, no. Okay. Absolutely not. Wow. <laughs> I am I am for the first time. Uh, there's there's a there's a thought creeping into my mind that there may not be baseball this year. No. That's, it's it's a small percentage, but that is like re- starting to become a little bit more real for me Yikes. as the days go on. Yikes! All right, buddy. Appreciate you. Uh, we will talk to you in two weeks. All right. All right. Cheers. Andrew Steck uh, joining us. Stetson figures here on weekend at bookies. Just a quick reminder that you should know the risks and have a plan before you start gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. couple of things before we get to a break, and uh, we're going to have Brad Feinberg join us with Fine's Lines here in just a minute. Uh, I Always a couple of things that I try to look at when I consider some of the plays that I'm going to make. And right now, you can go to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, and there are still some conference tournament, you know, the major conference tournaments, still haven't gotten underway. I have told you already this week that I, much like a lot of others, love, love Memphis to win the American. All over Memphis. That number is still sitting at plus 350. There is still money to be made on Memphis to win the AAC. That's one that I love. Houston's still the favorite at minus 145. 
I've had a couple people argue that it's worth sprinkling some money on North Carolina in the ACC tournament. I'm going to disagree. As I've said before, after what happened, I might feel differently about that if what happened didn't happen. But after what happened, I am 1,000% convinced that it's going to be very tough to get a call and that the league as a whole is very much inclined to see Duke win the ACC championship to try to make up for not getting the moment last week. And I get it. I'm not saying it's conspiracy. I'm not saying that they're going to throw games. Just saying that the, it's. I think it will be more difficult even than it was last week for North Carolina to be able to beat Duke again. So I'm probably, you want to sprinkle a couple bucks on it for the sake of sprinkling a couple of bucks because it's 650. I get it. I'm going to choose not to do that myself. When we come back in, Brad Feinberg is going to join us. We'll talk more about conference tournaments. We'll talk more about the NCAA tournament. We'll talk more about some NBA bets. Of course, Brad is with Bet Prep, and he will give us some thoughts. It's what we should need to know as we head into the weekend. This is Weekend at Bookies, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. 
The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on... Weekend at Bookies, the inaugural episode of the program. It's brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Don't forget, that's where we will be. I'm going to be there Sunday from 3 to 7 with Rodney Elliott, hanging out for the Big Ten Championship game, as well as the NCAA Tournament Selection Show. And then I will be back next Friday. I don't know this with certainty. I can't say for sure who is going to be joining me. But next Friday, I will be back there in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel from 12 to 4 for NCAA tournament first-round games. So this Sunday, 3 to 7, with Rodney Elliott. Next Friday, 12 to 4, hanging out, watching games. And we'll have great giveaways, great prizes. We had um, we literally had fire sticks that we were giving away the last time. Um, we will give you advice, we will give you thoughts, try to help you win some money as you're watching the games. It's just an incredible atmosphere for hanging out and watching games. And I would still encourage you that if you have not reserved your spot just yet, you should probably do that. I would email events at sportssocialmd.com right now, events at sportssocialmd.com in order to guarantee your table, guarantee your reclining chair, whatever it is, I would do that right now. Email events at sportssocialmd.com in order to guarantee your spot for the NCAA tournament or even for this Sunday as they are expecting massive crowds. There is always room. There is standing room. There's bar space. There's things like that. But if you want to bring some folks out and make sure you have a table or make sure you've got uh, comfy chairs, whatever it is, for hanging out, camping out, and watching basketball over the course of the next couple of weeks, then the place to do that would be the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, and you should be emailing them events at sportssocialmd.com in order to guarantee your spot. All right. Um, With that said, we're going to get to Brad Feinberg here in just one second. I have, I told you, Earlier in the day, or in, earlier in the show, that I'm playing some tennis. Playing a few favorites today. I really do like Mackie McDonald. Fuksovich is one of those tricky veterans that can kind of do a lot of things. But Mackie McDonald's the guy that I really kind of love today. Minus 131. Really, really feeling that. I'm, I'm playing some money on him just to win today. That's a play for me. 
Of course, don't forget, you can always find the show on YouTube, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Joining us now here on Weekend at Bookies, we welcome in the man who's going to show us the fine lines. He is from Bet Prep. He is Brad Feinberg, and he's with us now here on Weekend at Bookies. Brad, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing very well, my friend. Good to uh, good to be on. Thanks it's, for having it's me. It's great to have you. Looking forward to chatting with you more often, and really looking forward to trying to, to win some money. Let me just start with this, Brad. We are dealing with conference tournament weekend and the selection show, and then of course we get right into the heat of the NCAA tournament. What's the best advice that you would have for someone that has maybe never bet? For example, in the state of Maryland, it's the first year where we've had legal sports betting going into an NCAA tournament. So for someone that's never done it before, that wants to go hang out in the FanDuel Sportsbook, wants to make bets for a few days sure. next weekend, what's the best advice that you give them about betting the tournament? A couple of things I would say. First of all, like for especially the championship games, which are going to be this Sunday, um, these games tend to go under the totals. Reason being, you get extra effort, max effort, especially in the defensive end, balls to the walls, so to speak, where it's harder to score in these games because just the effort level is so hard mm. because there's you're not holding anything back, right? This is this is it. And so I tend to look for unders in games like this. And also look, once the NCAA tournament starts, if you like um, an underdog, especially, let's suppose a big team is playing like like a Duke or someone like that, right? A team that everyone wants to bet on, or a Kentucky. You 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 can picture the teams I'm talking about. Yep. Everyone in their grandmother, every recreational better in, in games like this. When the tournament starts, the recreational betters can actually really trump the pro betters because there's so many of them, right? Mm. Like the actual money can be overwhelming because there's so many of these fifty hundred dollar betters. It adds up to the people who are betting thousands, but there's so many people who want to bet the NCAA tournament. And what are they going to do? They're going to bet the favorite. They don't care if the mine's minus six, minus seven. They're not going to be price sensitive. And they're just going to bet, especially those favorites, because that's just that's their comfort food, so to speak. So I would say what I like to do is a lot of times I make my own numbers, what I think each game should be, and come closer to tip off. I will look to bet the underdog fading uh, the quote-unquote blue blood team it's because I'll find the closer the game starts to tip off, I usually get an extra half point or a point. And you may say, what's the difference between that extra half point and a point? <laughs> the answer is everything. Oh, yeah, a lot, right. Yeah, yeah the, the answer is everything because that extra half point or a point is the difference between maybe a, you know, a 52% winning bet to a 55% winning bet. And if, if for everyone listening out there, if you win 55% of your games, you oh, can retire and be no a, a, a gazillionaire. Yeah, you're killing. This is really interesting, the idea of there being inflated lines. You're more likely to get an inflated line in the NCAA tournament than you would say, you know, a a Morgan Correct. State South Carolina State game tonight. Exactly. That, yeah, the recreational betters is not going to be a part of. That's it's something I hadn't thought about at all. It's that's great advice, Brad. All right. So, is there anything right now when you look at the conference tournament landscape? Is there anything that jumps out at you that you say this is really enticing to me? And am I crazy to want to hammer Memphis to win the AAC at this point, given how well they played over the last few weeks? You know, it's funny. We we did not talk. We did not talk before this this interview, uh, and the, the the best I made two conference tournament bets, and one of them is Memphis. I actually bet <laughs> both in this conference. Yeah, I took Memphis plus four hundred to win uh, the conference. Memphis has played really really well as of recently. The only dud they had was against SMU in late February, but 
This team has been terrific. Uh, they've been playing the best they've played all year, in my opinion. Uh, and look, I like their bracket also. I like their draw. Um, they didn't have to, you know, they, I think that they're better than SMU. Um, I think that that, that is a, uh, a game that they will have a very, you know, good, good chance of winning. And Houston, they've already beaten twice. Uh, now, but the, it's interesting. The other team I did take, believe it or not, and they were getting 40 to one odds and it's to win this same conference. I took Wichita State. Wow. Uh, and I and, and it's interesting. They've lost a bunch of close games this year. Wichita State again. Am I picking them to win this conference tournament? Absolutely not. But I'm always want to put in bets that I think are going to lose if I think there's some value there. Um, to me, forty to one odds. When I did the math on it, I thought forty to one was about the number that it should be, assuming there was no upsets. But upsets, an SMU can lose, a Memphis could lose, and. Got in there, one of someone else. Those odds would go way less than forty to one. Uh, again, I'm not saying go huge on it. Forty to one, it get translates to a two and a half percent chance. Right. I'm not expecting it to win, but I actually think Wichita State has actually been. Um, they've lost again. They've they've lost a lot of tight games, uh, and I think they're a little bit better than their record indicates. Again, I'm not expecting it to cash, but with those odds, um, again, if they had won an extra four or five games, which they very easily could have. I think those odds would have been closer to like maybe 15 to 1, uh, 12 to 1. But because we're seeing a 6 and 9 in conference record and only a 15 and 12 overall record, maybe a little value there. But I do think Memphis is the most likely winner. I find it strange that Houston is continuing to get all the premium. Um, Houston, with all the injuries they've had, right. they just may have been a great team before the year started, right? But then they lose Sasser, which to me was just a, a death blow, quite honestly, for this team. So um, that's. That is the conference where I actually saw the most value, and you, you actually said one of the things. I, I am so happy. It makes me feel smarter, Brad Feinberg. <laughs> and I am, or it might be bad news for you. I'm not sure which way. Yeah, I, was say, I, I, I may have to change my tech right, right now. No doubt about it. Brad Feinberg is with us. Finds lines here on Weekend at Bookies, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Brad, anything else as far as conference tournaments that are, it's even worth looking at for you, or do you want to move on and do some NBA stuff? We move on for, for, the, for the actual winning of the conference. Well, I'll tell you a bet I did put in uh, yesterday. And usually, let me explain this. Usually, and people always like to ask me what, and I specialize in the futures. Yep. Right. Yeah. I really that's what I do. Um, but to be honest, the hold in in the NCAA future pool is usually so high. When I mean hold, you know, uh, hold means they should pay out like a hundred. Every team, if let's say there was four teams in the tournament, if every team was dead even, every team should be three to one odds, right? One out of four chance. It should add up to 25%, 25%, 25, 25, totaling a hundred. Don't, for the NCAA tournament championship, usually the hold, instead of being a hundred, will will literally be to like closer to two hundred. So they're really ripping you off, and I mean ripping you off. But people like to do it; it's something they like to do. But the hold is anywhere usually between fifty and eighty percent, which is pretty high. But there is a team that I did bet yesterday, just because I think this team is look. They've had injuries, but I think they're actually finally getting healthy now. And this was a team that's a veteran team uh, that was preseason top five that I think is a little under the radar is UCLA. 30-1. to one. Look, I'll be honest. I think UCLA, whoever they play, whether it's – I know Gonzaga smoked them earlier, but if they were to play in Arizona, Kentucky, a Duke, a Baylor, you know, whoever you want to say, I think they absolutely can beat those teams. Um, I think this team uh, – 
is going to get a good seed, and I I think they could beat anyone. I don't think they're any worse than any of these teams. I really don't in my power that's ratings. Interesting, um, especially now that Juzang is back. Um, that's a team, and again, thirty to one is a pretty nice price for a team that I think. Uh, Shouldn't be more like a three-point dog in any of these games, in my opinion. So um, I like UCLA. Mm, I like that. I like that. I actually, I have to admit, I'm I'm a sucker, and I threw a couple bucks on Villanova about a week ago. I, Villanova um, was the other team I was looking, but the odds just aren't quite. High. They're twenty-five to one. Right. Um, again, but that's a perfect. And then they played earlier this year. It was a fifty-fifty game. Uh, UCLA. I watched them beat them in overtime. Villanova actually should have won that game, but um, Villanova. I, that's where I live. I just don't know if they quite have enough. Uh, Villanova, but I mean, they're obviously a good team, uh, and Jay Wright is a great coach, but those are the kind of bets I'd be looking for. Um, is I'm not looking to take Kentucky at 7-1. I'm right. not looking to take right. Arizona at 6-1. to one. I'm not looking to take Gonzaga at plus 350. Does that mean they're not the best teams? No, I'm not saying that, but at those odds, I, I don't think there's any way that Gonzaga wins the tournament once at every four and a half times, or Arizona wins the tournament once out of seven times. It's hard. There's so much parity, which is why you you know for me, if that first digit really isn't a three, uh, you know which UCLA's is, it's it's hard for me to look at anyone because I think that so many teams really can win it. All right, give me a give me an NBA. There's a it's a, a weak NBA set. This is the problem with doing the show on Thursdays because the TNT okay. thing. We get we get the fewest NBA games available to us. But is there something that stands out to you NBA wise tonight? Well, I did play. I did look. Having watched the Sixers, I lived in Philadelphia and um, really watched followed the Sixers very very closely. It's interesting since James Harden got to this team. Uh, he really is. I, I, you're going to laugh. He almost looks like he's Chris Paul out there. And what I mean by that is he's really been looking to pass, uh, and that has really been to me. And he's been amazing at it. Sixers offensive efficiency when he's been there has been through the roof. Maxi's really taken off, and Bead's been playing incredible. I took over ten and a half assists minus a quarter today. Uh, he's gone over that five of the six games. I think it is or four of the five games. He's averaging around closer to twelve assists a game. Uh, again, we're not going to get huge, huge, huge edges in any of these bets. We're trying to find anything that's profitable. I do think that James Harden goes over ten and a half assists at least sixty percent of the time. But if you're laying minus one twenty-five, that's a profitable wager. Um, and I do think Harden is going to do that. And then talking about odds to win the conference, the Sixers are plus three forty, and I've been betting them the time since they got Harden. There was better numbers available previously, but we're talking what's today's out there. And they're saying there's only about a 22% chance that they go to the conference finals based on a plus 340 price. To me, I think they're the most likely winner of the Eastern Conference. I think they have a true dominant starting lineup. I don't think any team has a starting lineup in the East that can match up with them. Uh, the Nets are getting a ton of premiums still. Uh, I'm going to make them prove it to me. I'm Kyrie Irving, is he going to play every single home game in the postseason? I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, I think Embiid uh, and Maxi and, and Harden and Thibel and Tobias Harris reminds me of what happened with the Rams. This team went all in. I think they're going to be tough to beat. And then look, I'm going to say it. Look, in the West, um, there's teams that you could take, but I still think the Suns are the most likely winner, assuming Chris Paul comes, comes back. back yeah. Plus 185. And again, it's, no, it's not a huge price where you can take plus 450 to win the title. I love the Suns team. I mean, to me, they don't really have any weaknesses. They have, they just, it's a winning culture now, a winning organization. Um, they have just, they have the 3 and D players like Jay Crowder and Mikael Bridges. They have the solid big and Aiton, and then they have the two superstars and Paul, and of course uh, Devin, Devin Booker. Uh, Booker. Yeah. And and to me, um, I just think they're going to be a really tough team to beat. Golden State to me is getting a lot of premium. 
I'm not so sure that Draymond Green's going to come back. And if he does, if he's going to be healthy, I think the Suns are still undervalued at plus 180 to win the West and plus 450 to win the title. Yeah, but you don't know, as uh, Brad, I'm actually a massive Phoenix Suns fan because I spent uh, three years working out there with uh, D'Antoni and Stoudemire and Mary. Oh, and I, I did just, not know I, that. Brother, I fell in love. You know, in Baltimore, we don't have a team, right? So, you know, I wasn't. I was a basketball fan, but then I was there every night watching them score 130 points a game, and I was just yeah, like, Yeah, oh, that was the best era. Oh, my God, yeah. that was amazing. And then I had to put up with a lot as a Suns fan over the years. It wasn't well, a lot of fun. The, 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 yeah. the, the, the San Antonio lost the Robert Ori thing, uh, right? Uh, I mean, I that, was was, that was people listening. I don't remember that, but yep. that was uh, that was awful. The Suns had the best team that year. Yep. Uh, they went off the bench. They were up. Were they up 2-0 in the series? They were or? up. I want to say they were up. They were up two one at that point, if I remember. Yeah, and, and then and then they lost the game, and then someone came off the bench, and then they lost game six on the road in yep. a fight, and it just it changed the whole series. But yeah, that was uh, one of the the great what ifs was was Phoenix, you know, doing it. But I think this year, um, I think Phoenix and Philadelphia would be an incredible, incredible incredible series and i think those are the two best teams this year we will see if i'm right but i think there's still value in both those teams and it would give me the opportunity to get up and watch some games and i like everything about that all right brad uh for people that don't know about bet prep what should they know what can you tell them i gotta tell you something it's funny and i and i i know you people listen to the show haven't heard me before probably and i want to say this i uh I love that prop. I yeah, I work for the company, but the the company changed my my life. Not to be over overly dramatic, but it really did. Um, what I really like to specialize in is is prop bets. Like I said, the uh, mm-hmm. you know, for example, I gave the James Harden one, and uh, you know, I different shows on betprep.com called Given Futures and Given Props. I did 155 for the NFL. I won 100 wins, 55 losses. I think so far in the NBA, I'm like 17. We just started at 17 wins and like four losses. Um, and so I really specialize in the props. And what Bet Prep does is, which is tremendous, it, it made my research go from hours and hours and hours a day to closer to minutes because I'll give you an example. Like you can put in um, DeJounte Murray. If they make his over, under, and rebound seven and a half, you can see in his last 60 games, he's 38 and 22 to the over. Oh, wow. wow. There's probably value in taking that over. Or if his over, under is nine and a half rebounds, oh, he's 41 and 19 to the under. Then there's value in taking his under. You could put in his last 60 games, the last 10 games, the last five games, his last 26 games, whatever and also lets you do filters. How is a certain player, uh, if you put in, for example, um, Booker, how's he doing without Chris Paul? How does it affect his assists? So so many different things you can do on the site. Uh, and as a prop better, that's where we really find edge, right? That's where you can really, really make money because these lines that are posted for the games are so efficient. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to beat these lines on a, on a game line, right? I don't. I mean, there's certain people who are talented enough to do it. That's not my specialty. But what I can beat is the futures and the props because the futures I find sometimes are slow, and the props I just feel like ninety. Four percent of them or so are good, but maybe five or six percent are off, and I'm always searching for those five or six percent. And you can, by the way, you can sign up for free, which is remarkable. Oh, it's amazing! It's, it's a great site. I think you probably just hear my voice. I'm just saying it because I, I like to help people, and it's free, and it's it's amazing, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I tell you, the first time you sign up, it's almost going to be too much information for you. Like you're, you're going to look at me like, "Holy crap, what do I do with all this?" But as you get more comfortable with it, what Brad's talking about, it's amazing. The type yeah, of yeah, I really, I. I really, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I think it's a terrific site. It's helped me a ton. Again, it really, 
uh, if you put in time and, and again, being a prop better to me is far and away the best thing you can do. You can't lose if you're, if you put time into being a prop better and you actually put your time into it, you will not lose. It's that simple. Betting games is hard. It's fun. I get it. People love to do it, but it's not easy. The props are way easier and, uh, that prep makes made my job a, a thousand times easier, and it's it's fun. I, I there's no one who will try it who will not like it. I can you know, more or less say that for 100 percent fact. At Brad's best bets on Twitter yes, is sir. how you follow him, and then again betprep.com. Brad, really looking forward to doing this more with you more often. Appreciate you taking the time for us. Let's talk again here in the next couple of weeks. All right. You got it, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Brad Feinberg, The Fine Lines, here on Weekend at Bookies, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And, yeah, what an absolute asset Bet Prep is for um, giving you as much possible information as you have before you dive in and make bets. And Brad makes a great point. By the way, those unders on Sunday, that's a really good thought. The other side of that, too, is that these are teams that have typically played at least three games in three days. And I know that the lines a lot of times reflect that. You'll get lower totals because of it. But still, between they're playing so many games in such a short amount of time, between how intense the games end up being, absolutely a solid point that unders are a pretty good play when it comes to those games. I'll be monitoring that Sunday in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. All right, we're going to wrap up every weekend at Bookies with uh, Paul's preposterous prop. Paul is going to search... I was talking earlier in the week about uh, the Calvin Ridley situation, and I said, this is why this is so weird when, like, the Mike Florios of the world are, you're literally advertising a product that your players can't use. That's not remotely true. NFL players can do whatever they want. They can go sign up. They can register for a Become a Live Rewards member in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, and they can bet on anything they would like except NFL games. They want to bet on hockey? They can do that. They want to bet on tennis? By all means. They can bet on snooker. And when I said that, I realized I didn't actually know what snooker was. And But I realized you can bet on it. You can go right now to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, and you can bet on snooker. Paul is going to search out something that you don't know anything about but is going to attempt to tell you why it's a bet that you could make. Paul, what is your preposterous prop for us this week? Okay, so I'm a fan of darts. I like to play darts, and once I get going, I get pretty good at it. So it's also I- an electric sport to watch. Like, it is unreal, the atmosphere. That they I, like. It's such a big deal over there that like you. I've never sat down and watched an entire competition, but like when people post the highlights on social media, the place goes bat-ass nuts over darts. Starts. It's wild, man. It's wild. Well, Gary Anderson and Michael Smith face off at two ten this afternoon in Premier League darts. Kind of wild that Gary Anderson, after his NFL kicking <laughs> career, has gotten thing. in, and, and Michael Smith, after his NFL reporting career, has chosen to do that. I'm just, I, I feel like this should have gotten a little more attention, frankly. F- funny, uh, when he was going for the World Championship, he didn't miss a bullseye all year until the championship game. I think I don't know that. Of course, <laughs> I know that. Just, ki- just kidding. Um. So they face off, Gary Anderson, Michael Smith, they face off at 210 this afternoon in Premier League Darts. Gary Anderson, what year was that, the Gary Anderson um, thing? Like, I think it was uh, 98. 98, that sounds yeah. right, doesn't yeah. it? And uh, it was Atlanta, correct? Mm-hmm. It was he Min- didn't miss a kick all year Minnesota in the and Atlanta, and it was in the Metrodome, and he had a kick to send him to the Super Bowl. Yep. That was a 
Jeff George was the quarterback of that Vikings team? No, it was Randall Cunningham. It was Randall Cunningham. It was definitely. All I remember is I always think it was Dante Culpepper, but it wasn't actually Dante no, he Culpepper. He came around like yeah, 99 correct. or 2000. Correct. So Gary Anderson is a former world number one and a two time professional darts corporation world champion who is currently ranked number six on the PDC world rankings. Michael Smith is 20 years Anderson's junior. He was a 2013 PDC under 21 world champion. And while he has won eight titles on the PDC world tour, he has yet to win a major title. He is currently ranked number four on the PDC World World Rankings. So in darts, you have to get 501 points exactly to mm. win. And the least amount of darts you can throw to accomplish the feat is nine darts, commonly called a nine-dart finish or a nine-darter. Mm-hmm. Anderson has, achie- has achieved a televised nine-darter three times, while Smith has done it once. Currently, you are getting plus 4,300 the one of them accomplishes the feat in their matchup today. That's a bet I'd be willing to put some money on. Like, really? Are you really betting this? You're gonna, re- you would really do this? I would, I would do it. I, I, I feel like this guy Michael Smith is trying to make a name for himself. Gary Anderson is a right. is an accomplished darter. This is a bold. This is a bold, preposterous it's, prop to throw can, out can there. Can you imagine you put a hundred bucks out oh, I mean, 40, being, plus being, 4,300 and somebody being, gets it? On the incredible. first try, I mean, forty-three to one odds is outstanding. If that were to work out that way, but boy, that is a bold prop bet to throw out there. Yeah, desperate right. times call for desperate. Measures. All right, there you go. That's Paul's preposterous prop. When when is that uh, matchup? Two ten this afternoon. Got to race down. Got to race down to the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in order to get that in. I uh, we will see. We will see. Let's, uh, we'll we'll measure it. We're gonna keep track of. Paul's preposterous props. They don't always have to be 43 to 1. They can be, you could just pick somebody to win. I just want right. it to be an obscure sport. I'd like, I, I don't want us to end up having like an 0 and 8 start to Paul's preposterous well, what, props. What I, what, I was going to go yeah. a little bit simpler, but when I saw plus 4,300 and when I saw what a nine dart finisher was. No, I've, I, nine dart finishes are, are like, I mean, again, in electric atmospheres, these places go bat. Yes, they it's like bowling nuts. a 300, no right, I, is what oh, I imagine. It's, it's way more electric than that because it happens so quickly. The, the fact that these guys have both done it on national television, I, I think it would be something that would be fun to put money on. And by the way, I, I, was, I was looking at some of these other props for it. Uh, it they, they, your first three dart, darts to throw a 180, they almost assume that's going to happen because both, both yes and no – are at negative money. <laughs> it's so like it's just sort of their way of saying it's 50-50. Yeah, I saw that. So if you're assuming that they're coming out of the shoot that way, right? Like I guess what you're really only betting on is how they do in their next six throws after mm-hmm. that point. So it's interesting. That's very interesting. All right, very good. Thanks to Brad Feinberg. Uh thanks also to Andrew Stecka. We will be back. We are. We might do an extra edition of Weekend at Bookies next week because of um, the NCAA tournament. We don't know yet. We'll make that decision. But for sure, if not, we'll be back within two weeks. And it'll be every other week for Weekend at Bookies. It has been brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. We'll see you tomorrow for Glenn Clark Radio.